Welcome, this is Beyond the Eight. I'm Steven. I'm John. And that does sound a lot like Naomi's interest music, but it is not. It's from this movie. Right, yeah. Uh. You can feel the glow. <laughs> yeah, because a part of me is so thinking, I, like, this does sound very familiar. So, uh, th- th- that th- was that was Club Beyond the Hate right yeah, there. That was Club Beyond the Hate, but that was from this movie, and I thought that was probably the most poppin' song that was on the uh, movie soundtrack. Poppin'. The one that stands out the most that gets you excited about this movie, Alita Battle Angel. Was that the was that the, the song during the motorball? I guess so. I have something to say about that motorball stuff though. But we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But first, let's <laughs> review the beer. The beer okay, this is uh what is it? Is Victory Brewing Company? Is that Victory. what it's called? Yeah, Victory Brewing Company. Uh it's from uh De- what is it? Downington or Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, Downton Abbey. <laughs> and this is the Golden Monkey. It is a Belgian-style triple ale with added spice. Nine and a half percent alcohol. You can definitely taste Woo! it. I haven't... I don't know how much you can fill it. I don't even know what I'll rate this because the initial taste is a little shocking. It's a little much. It kind of overflows your taste buds a little bit. Probably because it's got all the spice added to it. Yeah, but after it's you like drink it, kinda, it for a little bit, it kind of evens out. It smooths out. Yeah, it tastes... Okay, I, I'd give it a two. I'd give it a two. I would probably give three. it a three. I probably would buy this again, knowing that it, it tastes like this. I, I like the taste of it because I think the spice adds something to it. Okay, it's just, it just... To me, it just kind of uh, drowns the taste buds. Like, it's a little too much for me. So I'll give it a two and you'll give it a three. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, what I was saying earlier... About um, the motorball? About the motorball. Robert Rodriguez said he got the idea to how to shoot that scene um, from NASCAR. Right. Like how they have the cameras and stuff like that. I think he just totally ripped that shit from the movie Rollerball with Chris <laughs> Klein. <laughs> Uh, because I kind of had a feeling that's where you were going with that. Because as soon as I watched this scene, that's exactly what I thought of. As soon ball. as Motorball was was uh, um, introduced in it, I was like, "That's just Rollerball with machines, or like little yeah. suits and stuff." And I was like, "I still thought it was cool. I didn't not think it was cool. It's very cool." And I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this is. Robert Rodriguez's best movie he's ever directed. This is his highest... This is his biggest budget he's ever had for a film. Uh, also, because he got $200 million. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because Cameron's name was attached to it. And it was attached to it because he wrote the script for it. And... Um, he decided he wasn't going to direct it. He was like, well, I'll never direct this film. Um... So, this is probably just not going to happen. And then Robert Rodriguez was like, well, can I direct it? And he was like, if you can figure out the script, you can direct it. And he sat down with Robert Rodriguez, and he had the script figured out, and he was like, well, it's yours. And he was like, it's like why don't you want to direct it? And he was like, well, I'm going to be directing Avatars for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, James Cameron is, like, literally, he said he's never going to direct another movie that's not Avatar. Well, I mean, he is... Uh, how old is Cameron now? He's in his 60s? Well, he has four sequels planned for Avatar right now. 
Yeah. He's working on all of them at once. Is that the reason why he's kind of like bestowed the Terminator franchise upon Tim Miller? Yes, I think that because because uh, he knows that he's not going to be directly like he's going to be involved in a producer role, but not directing that. And Tim right. Miller, I and th- this is like uh, well, I don't know. I guess this is somewhat related because we are talking about James Cameron, right? And sci-fi, yes. but it's like the people that are like really like going full social justice warrior about the Terminator movie and it's thinking that up. they know shit about it. The movie hasn't come out. Nobody knows shit about it unless you worked on the movie and you know exactly how it goes and you know the plot and everything. Just kind of shut the fuck up about it. And Tim Miller's very Could be passionate a negative. about this. So uh, I it's the same dude that did Deadpool. Like he yeah. loves Deadpool. And so. he's very passionate about this, which makes me more excited for it because I'm like, I like to see directors that are that that do things that are um, makes them happy. It makes them happy, and it doesn't seem like a job. It's yeah. like a passion. It's like, like I want to work on this because it's something that I'm really into. Like Tarantino ties into this this type of stuff too because of Robert Rodriguez. Um, Tarantino's Tarantino's the one that told him to cast Christoph Waltz um, in the role in the movie, so he did, of course, because it's Tarantino. That's what Rodriguez said. Is like. I've actually got to work with Tarantino and James Cameron now, and that just doesn't happen because these two guys are basically the apex directors. <laughs> like, they are the, the alpha directors of Hollywood. For um, their given. Yeah, for Tarantino. Yeah. Tarantino's kind of like the apex of probably the crime movie, I guess, if you want to put right. it that way. And then Cameron, the sci-fi movie. Sci-fi and fantasy, yeah. Yeah, so you get you actually get to work with these two different people. I mean, he's he's really good friends with Tarantino, and he's in good graces with Cameron um, because he did this movie justice. It, Cameron was really happy with it. Um, yeah, I didn't have any expectations about this movie because I didn't know anything about it. I figured like I'd probably get around to watching it at some point because I knew Cameron was involved in it and I knew that it was based on a manga. So I'm like, if Cameron adapted something from like a manga, it should be pretty good. Well, this is Rodriguez's baby because I don't want to give Cameron all the credit. Rodriguez is the one that made it come to life because when I was watching the movie, I think I missed the credits because uh, my friend AJ came over here and he, he signed into his thing. And I guess I missed the initial credits. But... Um, started seeing like the beautiful sceneries like how beautiful this movie was shot and i was like who the fuck directed this movie right i was like this looks fucking awesome it was like robert rodriguez and i was like robert rodriguez directed this movie and i love robert rodriguez but he's never done anything that looked that good no what's well, be- i think <laughs> it's because like rodriguez didn't he do he did the uh predators movie Right with uh, Adrian Brody, was right. didn't he do that one? And that one is good. I, I do like that Predator movie. Well, that's not really a heavy CG movie though, because no, because he he shot that shit on set. I forget where he shot it, somewhere in South America. But he like most of the landscapes just real. Yeah, but the thing was is like if you look at that movie, which look most of Rodriguez's stuff is pretty gritty and and realistic looking. Like he doesn't do like a ton of CG probably because a lot of his movies don't have the budget to do like this much, you know, like if you look at like once, like once upon a time in Mexico, there's like the only thing that's CG in that is like maybe like the bullets in some cases. Well, like uh, Johnny Depp's eye 
Yeah. And it, it was kind of bad CG. That's what I'm saying there. But, you know, he didn't get uh, a chance to work with James Cameron's, you know, uh, um, company to make the uh, generated graph, which is, uh, what is it, Light and Magic? Isn't that what his company's called? Um, um, oh, Cameron's uh, production company. Yeah, it's because they're they're the ones that still did the graphics for this movie. Um, Is it Lightstorm? Yeah, I think it's 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 something with light in it. Because Industrial Light and Magic is you know Lucas. Well, uh, yeah, I know that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sixty four now. Yeah. Oh, he's still got plenty of time. He's just gonna just be directing a bunch of shit. You know, I mean, 64, that's not really old for a director. No. You know, because Tarantino's in his late 50s, and I think he did it, Tarantino um, did an interview with, um, I think it was Conan O'Brien, and he was just like, um, it was either Conan O'Brien or Jimmy Kimmel, I forget, but he was like, yeah, you say that you're going to retire after your 10th movie. And he's like, I'm not going to disappear. He was like, I kind of want to retire from film. And then maybe, you know, do some writing and producing for TV. And then he was like, yeah, 10, you know, he's like, and I thought 10 was a good number. You know, and he, and then uh, Kimmel's just kind of like, you know, another good number would be like 13 or 20 or... 25 or 30 and he was like Tarantino's like you're talking me into it he was like I'm not saying he's like I, I want to have you know I want to settle down you know I want to have kids with the girl that you know the person that he's with right now uh, and stuff like that and he was like so you know my ideal thing would be just to leave it at that and do it and he was like but I'm not going to say that I wouldn't ever do it again after 10 he yeah. was like because you know 11 does sound good and 12 does sound good and that's kind of my thought process of how tarantino was kind of retiring he might you know not direct a movie for like five years or something but if he has the inspiration he definitely could just direct anytime he wants to like the, the once upon a time in hollywood yeah yeah it is Lightstorm entertainment by the way Lightstorm. Yeah. yeah Lightstorm is so uh cameron's right. uh group he also owns Digital Domain, so I guess Digital Domain did all of the CG for this movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, Cameron Pace Group is another. But one that's of the... what I was getting to. Rodriguez has never had anybody like that to work with to no. make the, the the thing. And the reason that the because they said whenever they were doing the test things with the Lita's eyes, that people were just kind of uh, weirded out about it a little bit. And Her eyes do kind of freak me out. But that's called, um, shit, what's that called? Um, where people are freaked out by lifelike things. Shit, what's that called? Um, you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It's, it's a, um, it's a thing where people, um, are freaked out by. We got some, some drama going on here. Okay, we had to take a short little uh, break there, but yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's also like uh, Robert Rodriguez's first PG thirteen rated movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because I noticed when I was like watching this, I was like, this is very tame for Rodriguez because it doesn't have like the violence you would normally think. Well, it's got violence in it, 
but not the the level of violence that you would see in some of his like his crime based movies. You know, like it's a little bit different because it's not really like bloody necessarily because most of the people are cybernetic. So like you see people like get their arm cut off, but it's not like kill bill where they're like spraying blood everywhere it's like it's a cybernetic part so they'll just replace it you know so it's but there's like no real language in this at all it's just pretty much violence really that's about it i thought that was pretty interesting that like it's basically it's a robert rodriguez movie but it's very toned down on the stuff you would normally expect out of his movies well, he's he's done PG movies and he's done R movies, but that's it. Well, the PG movies. was the Spy Kids, right? Yeah, the Spy Kids movies. Yeah, because I mean, he's done you're not going to be seeing like f bombs being dropped in that movie, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. a kids movie. <laughs> he's used to tame, but this was in between, and that was something that James Cameron wanted to do. Was um, James Cameron wanted to have this movie be rated PG thirteen, so they honored that and they made it PG thirteen. Yeah, so. and you could definitely tell that, like, they basically did as much with the violence, and they were like, well, we're not really going to have any language. Well, she she cusses, like, I think one time when she goes off against the um, the the big dude, um, the big cybernetic dude. Yeah, the, the crazy thing about sci-fi movies is they don't ever have to be rated R. You know, they, they never really have to be because it's sci-fi. You're making up a totally unique and different universe. But, like, if th- this is going to be a series, like, if this is going to be a trilogy or something, if they're actually going to make three of these or something like that, all of them should be PG-13. Right. It's like the Terminator thing. All of them should probably be rated R. Right. You know, it, it should stick to a theme because I think people mess up. It's kind of like the Expendables thing where they made the Expendables 1 and Expendables 2 rated R. Uh-huh. And they made Expendables 3 rated PG-13 because they're like, we're going to try to get a bigger audience. It's like, And then you actually got less people to watch it because you're like, oh, well, this is like Mel Gibson. Like, you literally got the bad guy that is more liked in rated R movies. Right. Then PG thirteen like if you're gonna go PG thirteen in part three, you should have made like the bad guy like hell I don't know like I can't even think of anybody right off the top of my head because it's like old older action stars or something like that. I mean it's like you should have made the bad guy like Chuck Norris or something. I mean Mel Gibson's the guy that you want to make the rated R film with, right? Especially because, you know. like, how do you make a Lethal Weapon movie without it being like, rated R? Exactly. And you know? they, they tried to do that in one of them, and it was bad. Was it, that was that part three? I think or, it was three, because three's it? the worst one. Because <laughs> four's the one with the jet. That Was that one? That one was rated R, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. The one that had jet in it? I, th- I want to say it did. There was a lot of F-bombs in it, so I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, a lot of shooting, you know... A lot of gun violence. Yeah, a lot yeah. of shooting. A lot of fighting. Um, Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. I know this is a side note. Masterpieces. Right, yeah. uh, It's so good. And it's like, you know, if you're going to be like, hey, we're going to go PG-13 with this movie, you, you should probably think of a different villain than Mel Gibson. Because people want to see him kind of go crazy. 
it's kind of his thing. You know? Yeah. It'd be like, hey, we're going to do like, you know, an Expendables movie. We're going to get Nick Cage to be the bad guy. And uh, it's going to be rated PG-13. It's like, no. If you get if you get Cage, man, you kind of have to go off the deep end, don't you? Don't you have to go a little crazy Oh, with yeah, it? you have to go all the way crazy. Right, yeah. You have to just go crazy. Like, I would have said, like, Expendables 3, if you got a little, if you would have got, like, Travolta or something to be the bad guy, it probably would have worked at PG-13 ratings. Maybe, yeah. Because he, he has the charisma, and he's kind of an old-school actor to actually pull off a PG-13 rating. But Mel Gibson's just probably, like, sitting there the whole time, like, I just want to go fucking crazy right here and just, you know, fucking, you know, headbutts. You, you don't get to see any classic... Because if you're like, okay, we're making Mel Gibson the villain, they're like, we want to see, like, Riggs, but a bad guy. Right. So they want to see a lot of headbutts, a lot of blood, cheap shots, some shooting, and some crazy shit. You didn't get to see any of that. No. So. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, this particular movie, it's going to be kind of a, like, I kind of think of it as, like, being in like that um, Hunger Games, like the Divergent series, like it, it to me it feels kind of like those. It's like because they're all kind of based around like teenage girls, right? Because that's what basically Alita is. She's like a teenager. She's like three hundred years old. Well, I mean, th- she has the brain of a teenager. <laughs> we all know that she's old as shit, but she's like, but they said that like you know her brain is basically the brain of a teenager, essentially. Well, she's also like like a great warrior, right? I don't really see the connection between this Hunger Games and Divergent, though. But if they're all based around, like, really strong females that are ass-kickers... So they're ass kickers. similar because they have females. They have females that kick ass. That's what I think of. I mean, that's just that's just my thought, is that, like, I think have of Have you them... watched Divergent or Hunger Games? I've watched Hunger Games, yes. <laughs> I didn't see the very last movie, though. I kind of... Just to finish that story off, because I never actually watched the, was it uh, the was it Mockingjay Part Two or whatever? Yeah, I didn't see the very last one that was like the second half of that last story, but uh, that would bug the shit out of me. My OCD would if I watch like a movie series and I don't finish it, that would just fucking eat me away. It'd be watching <laughs> like a TV series in and, the first season just not watching the last episode and then just never watching it again right. it would fucking kill me <laughs> I can't do that it'd be it'd be watching like Star Wars like the original series and just watching one and two and be like you know what I don't even see I'm not gonna watch Return of the Jedi it's like no you gotta finish the story you have already went this far so eventually I'll probably finish watching that but I've you seen would, like cause it, it bugs me so much like literally I was gonna cause I had HBO for a while and I watched Deadwood and I fucking forgot which episode I left off whenever I was going there. And I liked the show. And I was like, I was like, I can't remember what exact episode and exact spot. Because I don't like to start over. Because my memory is fucking deep. Like, I can fucking remember shit. And I don't like to repeat shit. Right. A lot of times. So, I'm like, I can't remember what episode I stopped on. I remember what scene. And then I try to find the scene that I stopped on. And I couldn't find it. So, I was like, fuck it. I'm not even going to watch it. <laughs> oh, I thought the end of that would just be like you'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna start over." <laughs> but as you as you stated, uh, you don't like to start over. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you don't remember where you were, you'll just have to kind of abandon it. It's like games, like Skyrim or whatever. That's what I hate about the beginning of Skyrim because I literally 
have every word that they say at the beginning of Skyrim memorized. Right. And it just bores me to death. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I fucking get it. Can I skip this? No, I can't. I have to go through this whole shit. <laughs> Fuck this. Unless That's why you need that alternate mod, start mod, Steve. Mod. You need that alternate start mod so you don't have to, you know, have Rayloff tuck you in the cart like, you know. But I really don't do mods on Skyrim because I'm afraid I'll get, like, ten hours in the game and then I'll crash and then I'll be like, well, fuck Skyrim. Well, imagine being on a 65-hour file and having it corrupt because you can't touch water because a mod fucked up the water physics. That's well, uh, That happened to me. I was pretty pissed off about that. Well, don't do mods. <laughs> That's the point of this podcast. Podcast over. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Let's get the comments. Um, well, as far as... I have like two like kind of smaller comments, and I didn't know what to do with them, but I wanted to, I wanted to have them read... So I'll just throw them here at the beginning, I guess, as kind of like, this is like the appetizer before you get to the main meal, you know? So so this first one, it says, uh, uh, obviously I am not familiar with the source material. Obviously. So <laughs> the fact that they spent $200 million plus to create part of a story does not impress me. Guess I'm too old to watch a movie just for its CGI. Unless you think the the unless you think that the joke I started off with uh, has great potential and that just su- should suffice for you to spend your money, please save yourself the trouble and skip this. So that's that's one just kind of isolated comment. Some guys like I don't even know what's going on. I don't have source material, so fuck this movie. And it's like, yeah, you should have never watched it in the first place. That's what it sounds like. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't know who this is. And to be honest, I don't know anything about the manga. But you can look up a video on YouTube that says side-by-side comparisons of scenes that happened in this movie to the original. And if you watch it, in some of them, it's almost exactly the same. And then in the others, where it's not exactly the same, the movie's version is better. So... Well, it's... But that's the thing. It's like, when people say that, like, they don't know anything about the source material and they just spent like a ton of money on CG. Like that's in some cases, that's kind of what happened with ghost in the shell, right? Cause there's some comparisons between this and ghost in the shell and everybody was like, Oh, they just threw like $200 million at this and had a CG budget. And it's like, you know, even if I don't know anything about the source material, I still don't like this movie. And it's like, do you have to have seen something if, like if something is an adaptation, right? Right. Do you have to see the original thing or read the original thing in order to enjoy it? Can you enjoy Game of Thrones without having read a Song of Ice and Fire series? I would argue that you would enjoy it more if you haven't read it. If you haven't read the books. Yes. Okay. And not not it's just because they have to cut so much out to make it a TV show from the books. You know, they even have to cut complete characters out of the stories, but they have to make a TV series. Right. So, if you're... A lot of times, if they do a TV series and you're a, guy, a person that read every book and every detail of everything that, that happens, you will be the person that's least satisfied. And I'm going to go to a wrestling analogy real quick, so if you guys don't know anything about a wrestling, then I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like... The people that say that Brock Lesnar isn't actually a draw, um, and I don't, I don't really like him either because I'm an actual wrestling fan. Right. But do you know who watches those pay per views that Brock Lesnar's involved with that wrestling fans hate? 
people that aren't wrestling fans. Yeah. And that's something that doesn't happen a lot. It's like the, the people that are into UFC and like mixed yeah, martial arts and stuff. Yeah, those people tune in for those because they don't know anything about wrestling. So it's the same thing with movies. That's my comparison. It's the same thing with movies. If you just stick to the source material, copy-paste, you'll get those fans to watch the movie, but no one knew. Right. So you have to do something different. And Alita stuck closely to the source material, but Rodriguez also did his own thing because directors, especially respected directors, don't like just to be like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to... You know, especially since most of the work is CGI and some of these movies because they're, you know, space age movies and stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to be a part of this uh, copy-paste movie. It's like, no, nah, Rodriguez is like, no, nah, I'm going to have to throw my own stuff in here too. Right. Because if not, I'm not doing anything. Well, that was one of the things that people said about the Ghost in the Shell movie, right? Was why didn't they just take Mamoru Oshii's movie from 1995 and adapt it to live action? And you know, the was what's the the director's name is Rupert Sanders, wasn't that Rupert it? Sanders? Rupert yeah. Sanders, he was like, I'm going to take things from Mamoru Oshii's movie, but I'm also going to take maybe a few elements from the TV show, from the the animated show that they did. Um, and he's like, and I also have some things that I just kind of want to do that are like my things, like stuff that I personally want to do. But it's like, the thing is, is that if they if he had made that movie. A shot-for-shot, complete remake of, like, in live action of Mamoru Oshii's movie from 95, people would have fucking hated it because they're like, he's lazy and he didn't do anything of his own. He just stole Mamoru Oshii's movie and made his own version. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yes. Yeah, and that's 100% true. Same thing here. I'm glad this, you know, Robert Rodriguez had... The freedom to feel, you know, to to um, be creative and be, you know, himself as a director. Because Add I'm actually, you know, I'm actually surprised. It's kind of like whenever you see like Guy Ritchie do like Sherlock Holmes or whatever. You're like, yeah, I know he can do stuff like that. And you see Sherlock Holmes is like, oh, this is what Guy Ritchie can do with a bigger budget. Yeah. And then this is this is what Robert Rodriguez can do with a bigger budget. A beautiful world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's shot beautifully. And like, uh, like I said, and you can tell that they put the $200 million to good use. Yeah, they did. There's like 1500 CGI scenes in this movie. Right. And they're all done beautifully. No. Yeah. Like there's nothing in this movie. Be like, ah, oh, that's some, that's some shitty CGI. Um, cause you can't make a movie like this without it. Yeah. I, yeah, what? It's just. It's so good to actually see someone just kind of take a risk with something like um, Alita Battle Angel. Especially after the, the um, you know, pushback with um, Ghost in the Shell. Right. So, the thing is. A lot of people are trying to stay away from these movies because they're like, this is a um, leftist agenda and stuff like that. You know, like they're just trying to push females We've down got, their throat. I've got like something that. in there. But this time, 
it's somebody talking about the feminist agenda, but it's actually a woman doing this comment. Or at least they say that they're a woman. It could be a dude. We don't know. But they say in this that they're a woman. I'll get to that later. Uh, where they're talking about the uh, the feminist agenda of this movie. Because any movie with a strong woman in it has to have a feminist agenda, right? Apparently Marvel doesn't give a shit about that. Because they're like, fuck it, the new Thor is going to be Jane Foster. And uh, we're going to make a Black Widow movie. So you guys can fuck off. And then they're also, and then, you know, they're going to have Wanda Maximoff and Vision in their own TV series. Yeah. Is there going to be a feminist agenda when that, with, uh, well, is that still going to be Elizabeth Olsen and, um, and Bettany as Vision? Are they still going to be doing that or are they going to recast it? As far as I know, they are going to be doing that. It's going to be Olsen and Paul Bettany? Actually, since we're talking about the Marvel TV shows, the TV show that I'm actually most interested in that they're doing on the Disney Plus platform is the what if show the what if because it almost feels like it's going to be like a like a weird multiverse thing where like things are different that's what it is it's going to be based off this watcher that is designed to watch earth and then it's basically what he's going to be doing is he's going to be observing a bunch of different scenarios of what could have happened in these events that we've witnessed already so it's pretty interesting it's gonna be like an alternate reality type yeah, of thing type yeah. thing and that's pretty fun because people's like well what people online are always like what if this what if that and Disney's like fuck it we'll make that a show yeah um, it's gonna but, be like fan theories the show <laughs> yeah fan theories the show it's like look we're gonna just put all that to silence here's our watcher here's the shit and then uh, they said they're gonna get people from the actual universe to do some surprise guest voicing and stuff like that so i imagine that's like chris evans and is that gonna Robert be cg Jr. animated is it gonna be like a like a, a cg animated show yeah it's gonna be an animated show yeah kind of like star wars rebels and like yeah, clone yeah. wars and stuff like yeah, that it's is. gonna be all cartoony but i'm definitely gonna be interested in watching it yeah and what i was talking about with what people kind of freaked them out about alita was the uncanny valley yeah that's what they call that the, the uncanny, uncanny valley. valley yeah yeah where it's like it's it's like that thing between like being fake and being real. Yeah, people right? don't like like they don't like things to be too lifelike that aren't supposed to be. So they're always going to be freaked out about it. It's like robots, as long as they look like robots, people are okay with it. As soon as you start putting human things on them, it freaks people out and they think they're going to cause the end of the world. Right. And that was the thing with Alita, but James Cameron's idea was to have her look Exactly like she was, uh, you know... In the manga? In the manga, so... Where she has the big anime eyes. So, Rodriguez was like, that's what we're gonna do. Well, and, like, in the the thing that's, like, it's because... Like, when you see this, you're like, why the fuck does she have the giant anime eyes? Like, she's just supposed to be, like, a regular person. Or, well, as well, regular as person. she can be. <laughs> she's, a, she's a cyborg. But it's like, she, they could have given her normal-sized eyes... But then when you see like the other uh, like the other uh, girl that she's when they're doing the um, this is the thing I was telling you earlier where they had the um, the defense rings that go down the cables that are connecting what I keep calling it Midgar in my head because that city reminds me of Midgar it from does. Final Fantasy it does. 7. I said that day we It's like it that. makes me feel like Midgar, right? <laughs> Cuz it's a floating city above another city that's Kind of like a trash city, you know? It's basically Midgar. It's basically Midgar. That's what Zalem is. 
but uh, but they have these like giant cables that connect this, the 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 floating city to the earth, and they have these like giant rings that come down the uh, the cables, and yeah. basically it's to take out any soldiers or anybody that might be trying to scale the cables to get up to the city at the top. And there's that sequence when she kind of flashes back and she remembers that. And the other uh, girl that she's working with is the one that's played by Michelle Rodriguez. And that character also has the big anime eyes. So I'm like, I guess they figure that all of the, uh, the soldiers that, that were on the, was it the United Republic of Mars, the Erm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, That all of those people have the anime eyes and then, on Earth, you have the regular human-looking people like Ido and Hugo right. and um, the uh, the nurse assistant to Ido. I forgot her name, uh, but like the nurse that works with him and Shiren, they all have normal-looking like faces. But Alita has the giant anime eyes, right. and it's weird-looking. But you're like, but she's not really meant to be like. She has like a human brain, and that's basically it. You know, so you can kind of draw the comparisons between Alita and Motoko from. Ghost in the Shell because they have human brains and that's about it. Because even her heart is completely different as they as he discovers that like her heart is not made like a normal cyborg. It is made like an like an Erm Berserker. Yeah, because that's what she's supposed the to be. Scrapyard that they're actually all in and stuff like that. That's that's Kansas, Missouri. That's Kansas. Okay. That's so, why the bar in the movie is called Kansas. It's called Kansas. I was wondering why it was called Kansas. Because it's actually Kansas, Missouri. So that's where uh, Iron City is or whatever? Yep, the- that's Kansas, Missouri. Okay. So the Mizzou is a shithole. <laughs> so that's Kansas City then, basically. Yep. Okay. Um, but... Uh... <laughs> uh but uh, I guess that's better than St. Louis. Oh, <laughs> oh! You lost the Rams, and then they got good. But if anything, though, St. Louis, you you still have the fact that Randy Orton was born there, so you still got something to cling to. And the Cardinals. And the well, the St. Louis, yeah, the baseball team, yeah. They're but, better than the football team ever was in that city. <laughs> Well, the St. Louis Cardinals won like it. I think at least one World Series, haven't they? I don't know. They're pretty good this year. I'm from I... Illinois, so like I always paid attention to the Cubs and the White Sox. I don't really pay attention to the Cardinals much. I was going to say they're pretty good this year. If uh, most baseball fans are to be believed, I don't know. We don't watch baseball. We don't watch baseball. Yeah, um, but but uh, there is no crying in baseball. No, uh, I learned that from Tom Hanks. Yes. Um, that fucking movie's so good. No did crying you, in baseball. Speaking of Tom Hanks, before I get to the next thing, did you see the trailer that he for the Mr. Rogers movie? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it boggles my mind how fucking close he gets to Fred Rogers. It's fucking crazy. He, ma- like, he makes my soul want to cry. Tom Hanks, if he doesn't win an Oscar for that, we should just... Society's end, dead. We should just end as a species. <laughs> right? Like, we should just be like, alright, the human race is done. Yeah. They, they gave that Oscar to uh, fucking Channing Tatum for Magic Mike 3. This this is just over. Let's just, let's just end let's it. Let's just ourselves. hope that humanity is not so fucked up that he doesn't win something. From, he needs to win something from that. Yeah. If I, he comes I, out empty handed. I think handed. they should just hand it to him for the goddamn trailer I seen. And I was like, yeah, that's just done. 
Right. And it's like, but what about this, uh, you know, uh, this other guy over here? He did good in some in this French Christopher in- Columbus movie. It's like Christopher Columbus was a genocidal maniac. If I could help it, my kids would never learn about him. It's like, hey, Dad, isn't it Columbus gay? Fuck that dude. Fuck Christopher Columbus. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna look up to a Chris Columbus, look at the director. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. He did some Harry Potter and some fucking Home Alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the Chris Columbus you can be proud of, not the fucking genocidal guy that came over and slaughtered like thousands of Native Americans. And he was a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so the other little small comment here, right? It says. Uh, Alita Battle Angel is the absolute worst movie I've ever watched in my entire life. I can stress You've to you... You've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, then? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen Turtles in time. But, yeah, like, we're, we're supposed to be beyond the hate, but even we hate that movie. <laughs> they didn't even try. That's they, the they literally gave zero fucks for that movie. Yeah. It's like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. They gave zero fucks They're for the like, whole movie. Do you remember how much people loved the first two? Well, fuck all those. <laughs> fuck all that shit. We're, what about Kevin Nash's Super Shredder? Fuck all that shit. We're going to put him back in feudal fucking Japan. It's like where they actually had ninjas. Yes, where they actually had ninjas. And they're they're going to fight real fucking ninjas. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I only could watch, I think, like half of that movie. And I, I had to turn it off because I'm like, I just don't like this. And how much of that movie do you actually remember? I because like nothing. I, I remember say, the first one in, in Secret of the Ooze. It's been a minute since I've watched Secret of the Ooze. I haven't watched that like super lately. But like I can remember the first movie very well. In Secret of the Ooze, probably about 80% I'll probably remember that movie. Because uh, it's, it's been a while. So there might be a few scenes I've forgotten about. But like Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, I know fuck all about that. I don't remember one scene from that. I don't remember any of that shit. Like That movie is just like blank from my mind now. Because I never finished that movie, and I've never went back to go watch it again because it's it's awful. If I couldn't get through it the first time, I'm not going to keep trying to see if I can get through that movie. Fuck that. Well, There's no definitely way. now you wouldn't even fucking care. No, I wouldn't care now. But, like, I could go back and watch Secret of the Ooze of the first one. Yeah. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. So, okay. Keep uh, but anyway, so it says, I can stress to you how bad this movie is. Uh, I've seen a lot of bad movies in my life, but this is just beyond awful. Watching Alita Battle Angel was the longest two hours and 30 minutes of my life. I don't know why he has the extra half hour. It's not that long. So part of me thinks, like, are you including the previews? Because the movie's not actually that long. So what fucking... I'm trying to figure it out. The movie's only two hours. So, He's like, this is the worst. Two hours and 30 minutes of my life, even though the movie's only two hours long. It's like, were you, were you, I watched you it again for 30 minutes and then I was like, no, that's two hours and 30 minutes. Fuck this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Uh, but it says my family and I all hated so all hated, all hated so much. That's literally how it says my family and I all hated so much. We all hate it so much. Uh, hated like H A T E D. It's not even, that's not even proper. Uh, so much, and we were uh, falling asleep by the end. The acting was terrible, and the script was horrible. The plot had so many holes, it was unbelievable. The only positive thing I can say about Alita Battle Angel is that it really brought my family together with with the common hatred of this movie. So, okay, who did the bad, bad acting, and where were the plot holes? They didn't specify. Because... 
Is, to my knowledge, I ha- I have no knowledge of any plot holes in this movie. No, this is actually because it well was written. a script written by goddamn James Cameron. So, since we're on the subject of the writing, I'll get to the first like main big point, and then we'll we'll take a, a break, right? So. It says on here, it says, This is arguably the worst screenplay ever written by James Cameron. The Cameron who wrote the Terminator series and Aliens has long gone. There is neither twist nor turn in the plot. Everything is straightforward. The first and second act of the film are passable. Starting from the third act, things begin to go weird. There is no climax at all. The villains are too weak, and the female protagonist is essentially invincible. The relationship between Alita and Hugo is pretty strange. I cared for none of the characters at the end, and neither did the actors by the looks of it. It was a vacuous shell of a movie with a tenuous plot and kind of on-the-nose homage to the gladiators of Rome, where instead of the thrill of the Colosseum, you had a huge pile of mechanical and CGI crap. When I, when I watch a movie, I imagine the first and foremost I imagine that first and foremost there's a story which has a proper conclusion. I don't know, it's just something I've come to expect. Go figure. I am not very happy when I've spent good time and money to find out that there is no conclusion. There are four to five plot points that are set up in the first ten minutes. None of them are resolved. This is not how you set up a sequel. Yeah, so her being invincible. She literally gets ripped apart in this movie. Right. <laughs> that's one thing. That this so, really yeah. And, and like, even Dr. Ito says, like, when she's, like, doing the, the motorball tryouts or whatever because she's, you know, she wants to see if she can, well, do the grand champion thing, but she wants to win money out of it. And he starts putting, like, the helmet on her and the shoulder pads and stuff. And she was like, I don't need all this stuff. And he was like... No, I think you need it because I don't know how to work on your body. It's above my level. Yeah. He's like, I don't know how to... He's like, if you damage this body, I don't know how to fix it. It's not technology he's ever worked with before. Like, he understands some of the stuff behind it, but actually repairing it, he doesn't know because it's not anything he's ever worked on. He's never seen one of those before. So, you know, like... And like you said, she literally gets ripped apart by... uh, uh, What's... I I keep getting his name Uh, wrong. Uh, Gerwishka. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the big brute guy that she fights in the alleyway. and That's like, Jack Earl Haley. Okay. Because I uh, I totally did not realize that fucking Ed Norton was Nova in this movie. I thought that that was Jackie Earl Haley at the end, that he was Nova. And it's not. And Steve was like, no, it's Ed Norton. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, it's Jackie Earl Haley. And he's like, no, Jackie Earl Haley's the big brute guy that... She fights in the alleyway, and then he, you know, he kind of becomes the main protagonist. And I'm like, "What the fuck? No, that's Jackie Earl Haley." At the end of it, looked it up. No, I fucked that up because I did not realize that that was Ed Norton. I don't know if it's like because the way that they they did his makeup or like the goggles on it, like the stuff on his eyes. I had no clue that was Ed Norton. I thought that's that, very fucking good. Then I, I thought guess. that was everybody's. I thought it was a big reveal because AJ, whenever he showed me this movie, he was like. There's a big reveal at the end, like a super awesome thing, and I'm sitting there watching it, and you, you see him a couple times in the movie, but it has the goggles on, and I'm like, I know that fucking guy. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching I'm like, I know that fucking guy. And then at the end of the movie, he takes the goggles, and I'm like, that's Edward, that's Edward fucking Norton. 
<laughs> and then I was like, yeah, that's fucking Edward Norton. When Holy she's, shit, he's the bad guy? When okay. she's about to be, like, when she's, like, on her way to becoming grand champion, she's yeah. in the Champions League now, and she doesn't have too much farther to go, and then she'll be a grand champion. And then she, like, kind of points that sort of at him, like, bitch, you're next. <laughs> as soon and as I like, become grand champion. Two. So I think that'll be interesting if, like, they don't actually pay that if they are doing like a trilogy that they don't pay that off till like the third movie. And some people are like, no, that would fucking take too long. I want to see her up there on the on the you know the big city like in the second movie. And it's like, no, I think that you should have to work towards that and have it where she gets to that city in the third movie. Yeah, that's that should be. And then completion. she fights Nova, the the you know the guy that she's been aiming for at the end of the movie. You know that that pays off at the third movie if you go that far. Yeah, because Nova should be, like, uh, he should be the final... He's the final boss. Fight. Yeah. He's the final boss. If you're playing a video game, that's the final boss. That's Sephiroth. That, that's yeah. Kefka. You know? That's Vayne in Final Fantasy Twelve. you know? Like, that's... You You wait... You have to kind of wait to get to the big boss. That's the Thanos of the Marvel Universe. Right, yeah. That's, that's the guy that you fight at the end, you know? But, like, the whole thing where it's like, this is the worst screenplay that James Cameron ever wrote. It's like, I I don't... Can you say that Cameron's ever wrote a bad screenplay that he's worked on? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, can you think you know? of something that James Cameron wrote the screenplay for that was absolute drizzling shits? <laughs> I mean, not off the top of my head, Exactly, no. because James Cameron has a reputation for writing quality stuff. You know... And I know everybody made a meme out of Titanic, but it was, like, one of the highest-grossing movies of all time. You know, for a while it was, anyway. I think the only one that beat that was Avatar, also written by James fucking Cameron. <laughs> you know? It's... <laughs> who is who is this jackass on the internet to be like, yeah, James Cameron wrote a shitty screenplay? It's like, how much, how much money did this movie make? Did you have the... the data on that yeah it made uh like, 404 million dollars is that uh domestic or that's worldwide worldwide okay so it made a pretty i mean it basically made double what it what it paid in i mean if it was 200 million to make and it made 400 million they got their money back and then 200 more you know so i mean that's a pretty nice little profit for a property that not a ton of people are going to know about unless you're big into, you know, manga and Japanese comics. You might not know much about this story. I did not know James Cameron wrote Rambo 2, First Blood. Really? No wonder that's the best Rambo movie. <laughs> um, so did you find anything when you were looking up that was, like, distinctly a shit screenplay that he well, wrote no, because it's just like fucking goddamn terminator movies and aliens and avatar you know, the abyss and avatar and fucking true, true lies and strange days and titanic and you know more terminator and more avatar and you know that's basically it that's that's basically all he's wrote everything that he's wrote has been Basically, billion-dollar movies and billion-dollar franchises. I mean, and well, Rambo 2 First Blood is the best Rambo movie. doesn't matter if they make 800 of those. Two's always going to be the best. It's just like Terminator 2. You know, one is really, really good, and two is probably 
popular opinion wise the best you know you have some people say I like one more and then you have some people say two more but kind of stats wise two is the most successful one of the Terminators yeah out of the Terminators and you know I, I like I think I like them equally I don't like love the second one more than the first one or love the first one more than the second one I like them basically equal like I you well, can you put can on like either them, one. You can like them equally, but you know a lot of people say they like things equally. But which which one has the best rewatch value? Which one's the one? Well, the like, one that I, has probably the most action in it would be the second one. Yeah, because to, to me that's that's what the best is. The thing with the most rewatch value, and if you have you you don't have a lot of rewatch value in something, then it's it's good, but it's not it's not amazing. You'd just be like, hey, you know, I love I love Terminator One. But if I'm having a shitty day and I just kind of want to watch something that makes me feel good, I put on T2, Judgment Day. Because Terminator 1 is very, uh, at least at the beginning of it, it has kind of like a slasher film kind of vibe because it's basically just him systematically going through the phone book and just like murdering the shit out of people. And it, it very much has like that kind of like terror thriller aspect to it. And then it's not until you get to the point where, like, they're in the car chase sequences and all that kind of stuff that it just turns out into, like, just kind of a straight-up, like, sci-fi action movie. And it's definitely sci-fi when they get to the factory, you know, because you get to see the full endoskeleton. Like, there's no flesh left. It's just full endoskeleton. There's no illusions that this is a normal guy. This is a fucking machine yeah. that is trying to kill Sarah, you know, and that kind of thing. But it's like... When people want to talk shit about James Cameron, it's like the stuff you mentioned, like True Lies made a shit ton of money. The first two Terminator movies, like the Terminator 1 did good compared to its budget because it kind of over, it overdid what people thought it might do. Terminator 2 uh, was the first movie that had a $100 million budget and it made tons of money after that. It still makes money. Yeah. Probably off of me because I buy... Like every time I get like a new format, I buy another copy of Terminator 2 and the original Terminator because I bought them on Blu ray when they came out. Then I think I have the remastered Blu ray where they went back in and added like the director's cut and Cameron's extra stuff because he had deleted scenes. You know, there was some more stuff at Pescadero. There's like some more stuff of like them switching, actually going into his head and switching his computer from read only to learning and stuff like that. But you know, that's the thing. It's like when you look at those fran- like aliens, like when you talk to people that are big into like the alien franchise and you say, what's the favorite alien, a- the first alien movie that Ridley Scott did or the aliens that Cameron did? What's the one that people have a tendency to gear more towards for like rewatch value? Aliens. It's aliens, right? The second one, because it's more action heavy. It's got a little bit more of f- faster pace. Ridley's, not to say that Ridley Scott's original one isn't great because it's very much a, a atmospheric like kind of terror movie because you, you don't know what's going on and you're kind of learning it like the crew's learning it. Like, what the fuck are these aliens? And then you have like the chest burster scene and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people that are Aliens fans would say that like the one that you would go back and rewatch maybe continuously would be the second one that James Cameron did and not Ridley Scott's. Yeah. So, you know, but, I mean, even, like, Titanic. Did anybody think that the Titanic movie 
was going to be some like big like huge epic movie that was going to do like like well over a billion dollars did anybody really expect that it's a love movie it's like a romance movie inside the story of the titanic nobody thought that that was going to be as big as it was and then when you watched it you're like fuck this is actually a really good movie and it's just because cameron is so big about uh you know ocean exploration that he's fascinated by stuff like this because I mean, he even has his own submersible and he does dives of his own. He's very big about the ocean and exploring the deep and stuff like that. So when you see something like Titanic that's kind of in his wheelhouse because he's like a, you know, he's a big nautical explorer guy, you can tell that he put a lot of passion into that movie because he really wanted to see the wreck of the Titanic and he was into it and it you could tell when he wrote the movie that he was into you know, the wreck and, and just what that ship is like after all of those decades, you know? Right, right. And it's like nobody thought the Titanic was going to be great. But then when you watch it, you're like, fuck, this is a really well done movie. And it's basically a love story that takes place on the around the Titanic, you know, tragedy. Yes. And it's like, if people just call out Cameron and say that, like, this is his worst movie that he's wrote a screenplay for... It's like no, like this this movie is one of those movies that like if you're in the mood for like kind of a cool sci-fi action movie, this is one you could put on and it's like the story makes sense. There isn't like logic holes so big in this that you're like, well that doesn't make sense cuz people can say, well there's logic things wrong with this movie, but then nobody explains what was wrong about the logic and and like the plot holes. People say that all over the comments. Not once did I find anybody who actually explained continuity being wrong or shit not being correct. They just say that because I guess they figure like people on the internet will skim through and be like, oh, this has a bunch of plot holes. If you watch it, you know that it doesn't. Everything's pretty well explained. Right. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, it's like, it says like there, there's a story with no conclusion. It's like, yeah, they are definitely setting up a sequel. Granted, we get that. But there is a conclusion at a point. When she, when she's, you know, at the end of it and she's going through the motorball stuff to get into the champion's pool, you know, it's like she's already kind of had the climax of the story. The end, the very end of that is Zerb basically like blending into part two, mm-hmm. whatever they do for the second movie, you know. But to say that there's like four or five plot points that are set up in the first ten minutes... None of them are resolved. No, like everything in this movie pretty much gets resolved. There isn't. Is there, is there anything in this movie that you watch that you're like, yeah, they really never wrapped that up at the end, or they never got back to it? Yeah. Uh, Can yeah. you think of anything off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, no. So it's like if you're going to say that, yeah, this has terrible writing, terrible screenplay, and they don't pay anything off. That's not true. Like, you can watch this movie and there isn't plot holes all over the place. Right. People just say that because I guess they figure, like, well, if somebody's reading my review, they're going to like my review because I, I point out the plot holes. You you say plot holes, but you don't explain it. That doesn't mean anything to me. If you can't specifically talk about things that you felt were wrong, then that means that they didn't have anything wrong. You actually don't have anything to say, and it's all bullshit. <laughs> You know, but uh, but we'll take a break here, and then when we come back, we'll we'll go over some more stuff, especially the CG, because people fucking hate the CG in this movie. 
like any movie that has CG, right? Any anybody, if you if you make a movie that has a lot of CG in it, that is the first fucking thing that people will bitch about. So we'll we'll get into that when we come back. All right. And we're back. Yes. Little Lady Gaga there. Yeah. For uh, what made you? <laughs> what made you pick that one? Just because we hadn't played Gaga in a little while. No, it's very relevant to this movie. She doesn't need permission. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Lita's kind of. A, she's an independent chick. She doesn't need permission from her dad, Ito. Yes. You know, Ito, Doctor Ito is awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. He is amazeballs. Yeah, and Which at first, was my dad. Right. Wouldn't uh, we all like to have Christoph Waltz be our dad? <laughs> yes. Especially compared to our dads, our actual dads. Right, yeah. If yes. you if you told me like years ago, like, hey, your dad could be Christoph Waltz, I'd be like, fuck yes. Your dad could be Christoph Waltz or your actual dad, I'd be like, give me Christoph Waltz give 100%. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I would almost tell you to give me Jarrett from Subway. Right. Fuck my dad sucked. <laughs> right, <yeah>. um, <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> and that's not a joke. Both of our dads do suck. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Yes, but um, this movie was not terrible. And, no, Ido was uh, a good character. I liked Ido. Ido was a great character. Um, um, the boyfriend Hugo was, Hugo. Was an interesting character. I hated him at most points of the movie, but he was <laughs> an interesting character because I'm just kind of like, ah, you, you you do that, you know, fuck. You, you have thing, you have you know, you, you kind of have a thing for Alita, and then like at nighttime, you're like capturing cyborg people and fucking cutting off their cybernetic parts. Yeah, it just makes you think like That's his intention them. the whole time just wasn't good at all, and then you're just kind of like, then he's kind of like. Well, I like you, and it's like, oh, man, don't trust that guy. Right, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, because part of you thinks, like, man, like, is he, is he just going to try to, like, sell her out at some point, and, like, try to, like, get her for parts because of how valuable she could be or something, or, like, capture her, and then, like, I'm going to sell her off to Vector or something like that. Like, you think during the whole movie, you're like, well, he's, when, he's when it's revealed. going to betray her. Yeah, you, you think, like. When you find out what he's actually doing, like at nighttime, that she's not aware of because she's at home asleep. When you find out what he's doing in the underworld, helping Vector out with like his little buddies, his motorball buddies, um, you're like, "Oh man, this dude's actually kind of a scumbag." Like, I kind of want to lead him whoop your ass now, 
because you're a piece of shit. Even you know? towards the end when he got out of it, I was kind of like, I still don't like it. I don't really... It Part of me was kind of like, I think he should have died in this movie. I, I wanted him to die. I don't know how many people wanted him to die, but I was kind of like, I wanted him to die in this movie. It's like... I, I would have preferred his character died over Jennifer Connelly's character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But technically, I guess she's still alive. Yeah. Because the eyes and the brain and all that. Yeah, so they could they could basically... Well, I don't know if they're going to have Jennifer Connelly come back to do anything, but I guess that's their way of saying that, like, well, Her she could look completely different. Yeah. She could be completely different, you know, that she wouldn't look the same. She wouldn't look like Jennifer Connelly. Which is um, a shame. Which is a shame, yeah. Because like when I was like watching this, I'm like, holy shit. She she only looks like she's aged a couple of years in like the last like 25. I, that's what I was about to say. She seems like she's aged like five years since the Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> when she was like, how old was she when she did Labyrinth? Like, she was like 18 or like, 19 or something. Yeah, shit she was like, like late teens. You know, and I'm like, you look at her now and you're like, shit, she could do another Labyrinth movie, like, now. Still beautiful. Yeah. Fuck you, Paul Bettany. <laughs> Fuck you, you lucky son of a bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's her husband, Paul oh, really? Bettany. That's a, that's a lucky ass man, then. See, he gets to be Jarvis. Yeah. And then he gets to be Vision, and then she gets to be Friday. Yeah. Oh, right. Wait, so she does the voice of Friday? I didn't yes, realize Jennifer that. Jennifer Connelly, yes. I did not realize that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think Paul Bettany would have been cool to see, like, a cameo. Like, he could have been, like, one of the bounty hunters. That would have been pretty cool. Pretty sure he would have done it if they would have asked. Yeah. He would have just been like, yeah, sure. It's like, we just want you, like, in the bar scene when she challenges all the other bounty hunters. It's like, we just want you to be one of the bounty hunter guys. You might have maybe, like, a line. They probably would have asked him, but they're like, I think it probably just draw too much uh, tension away from Z- Zapan. If they're like, well, there's Paul Bettany. That's right true. There. Or they could have made Zapan Paul Bettany. That would have been but, the option. But I, I'm a big... I, I like Paul Bettany more, but I, I do like uh, Ed Scrine. Yeah, Scrine does a good job as Zapan in this. Cause yeah, he's great as Zapan. He's really he's, good. He's, he's from a very Game of easy. Thrones, and he did the, he was the villain in the first Deadpool movie. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because uh, he plays the guy that uh, Wade's trying to kill throughout Francis. the movie. Francis. Francis, yes. Um, but yeah, he does a really good job as Zapan. Is is kind of like this. Uh, likable asshole you know like he's definitely an asshole and he murders that dude he he murders that motorball dude or whatever to basically set up hugo that's why hugo has the bounty on his head so you're like yeah this dude is definitely a scumbag but he's got like the charm i especially like the part like when she she cuts like part of his face off with that with that uh that martian yeah. sword or whatever and he's my like face. my my face his whole face just gets just sheared, like right off when she. That's when uh, he puts all of his money in, in his face or whatever. Right. Yeah. My face. <laughs> Fuck your face. <laughs> Fuck your face. Um. But uh, since you know he's mostly CG, right? Like the yes. only part of him that's actually like him, they'd probably just put like him in like a green like suit and just had his face exposed i would imagine because the whole rest of his body is all cg yeah yeah yeah. so they probably the only part of it that isn't is like his face 
and everything else is easily like in a hood and he's all covered up the rest of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> anytime that you have a movie like this, that you have to do with CG because cities can't actually fucking float in the air. Fun fact. I don't know if people know that, but yeah, cities can't float in the air, uh, naturally unless you do something to it. And, you know, cyborgs don't technically exist. We have people that have like, you know, uh, like maybe particular body parts. Like if they lost like a limb or something in, in combat or, you know, from an accident or something like that. Some people can well, get like Most things prosthetics. in sci-fi don't exist. I'm trying right. to figure out what point you're trying to make. So here. my thing is, is that like you cannot make this shit without the help of a computer, right? Right, because it doesn't exist. It doesn't okay. exist. Okay. So what's so? Why do people every fucking time that there's a, a movie like this that has very heavy CG, they hate it because of the CG. You cannot make this fucking movie practically. Well, they you can't. They say things like look at unrealistic, but like literally, there's like a frog that exists uh, in the rainforest that looks like it's it's computer generated. Uh, it doesn't look like anything in this world. Uh, I watched this video with this kid that has no arms doing a 20, ju- 20 inch jump on a box. Right. And just seeing a kid with no arms looks like it's computer generated. Right. Because it just doesn't look normal. And it's, it's, it's the uncanny valley thing. Anything that doesn't look normal looks weird and it looks out of place. And all CG, even if it's minor. Or whatever is always going to feel that way. Right. So if you don't like that, don't watch sci-fi. Don't yeah. watch fantasy. Don't watch anything like that. Right. Because it's all in the uncanny valley. As soon as you start giving, like, like I said, people are okay with robots. Even robots that have emotions. What people aren't okay with is robots that have faces like us. Right. People are scared to shit of those. That's kind of like, uh, what was it on uh, iRobot Sunny? Was it mm-hmm. Sunny the Rope? Yeah, because Sunny and like the other ones like Sunny had realistic human faces. It freaked people out. They didn't like them because they thought those robots yeah, were, like, they unsettled can, them. They can further eyebrows and they can smile and they can say they have emotions or they, they don't feel like dying. And it's like, you can't die. You're a robot. And it's like, yeah, but you gave them sentient feelings so they yeah. do feel like they can die. And they're afraid of it. Like most normal people is. We're all going to die, but that that's what makes you mortal. So if you give something a mortal feeling, it's human. <laughs> that's right. what it is to be human, is to be and mortal. And they, they can't be human because they're robots. They're robots. They can literally live forever as long as their machinery holds up. And they have a power source. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of the point of Alita, I think, is um, she's human. But she's also a robot. That's what a cyborg is. It's human-robot hybrid type thing. Right. You know, you have like a human brain or a human consciousness, but your body's robotic. Right. Um, and, you know, um, it's, it, it's just, um, it's really interesting for everyone to go down the uncanny valley and see what succeeds with humans or not. Like, Terminator succeeded. Like, in one movie, you're like, nah, fuck Arnold, man, kill that guy. In a second movie, you're like, yeah, fucking Arnold's awesome. Right. I fucking love that guy. He, you know, and it, <laughs> it's just funny because 
you know, like, uh, the first Terminator made the franchise famous, and the second Terminator, they're like, well, Schwarzenegger has to come back. How are we going to get him back? He's like, well, let's make him a good guy. Right. And then all they have to do is just explain that the resist- that the human resistance captured a T-800 model, reprogrammed it, and gave it instructions to protect John Connor and Sarah Connor instead of trying to kill them. Very easily explained. And it's like, well, they all come off the same assembly line, so this model is going to look like the one that attacked Sarah and was trying to kill her you know, all those years ago. Because they come off the same assembly line. They're all made in a factory. Skynet just produces these things to all look like the same model. And it's... That's the thing that sometimes it's like when you... Like, have you ever seen the movie Ex Machina? It's really, really good. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, really good. It's... uh, I actually forgot about that movie completely. Right. Because it's uh, Alicia Vikander plays... um, What's her name in the? I think it's like Evie. I think uh, I can't, I forgot. It's been a minute since I've watched it, but it's, it's got it Evie or something. But it's got Oscar Isaac in it, and Oscar Isaac is kind of like he's sort of like uh, it, like this eccentric like genius guy that he's he's kind yes. of like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk kind of combined because he's like an engineering genius. So but, he's a dick and a really big dick, <laughs> uh, with a fuck ton of money. Yes, and basically, it's like he's trying to create. I don't think Zuckerberg's the best thing to compare anyone to. Well, no, there's a there's like a something in the in the movie, if I remember right, that said that like he he created like this like social network type of thing. That that was one. That's one of the reasons I thought of Zuckerberg because of the Facebook thing. Because if I remember right in that movie, it's been a minute, but if I remember right, there's a part of it where he, there's like a, a social network component. That he was also responsible for, so that's why I thought of Zuckerberg. But he's more of he's more of an Elon Musk type of guy, because he's like this like eccentric like weird genius that he lives in like this uh, this mansion, and he's been working on an AI system uh, that he's trying to put into these robots, and the one that he feels like he might have perfected is the one. He uh, he brings in the the guy that he brings in is a guy that works for him. It's played by Domino Gleason, which is kind of funny because you're like that's Poe Dameron and General Hux. Oh shit, you know it is simplify yeah. it a little bit though because this but, isn't about X Machina. Well, no, but basically the whole thing is is that like the whole thing is about like can you create a robot that is so that feel like its AI feels so lifelike that you cannot distinguish. You cannot tell the difference between it and a human. Does it act so human-like that it feels like it's a human even though it's not? Because its AI can fool you. You know, because it's part of the Turing test. Can can the robot do something that makes you feel like it's more human than it is machine? And the whole movie, like, the movie goes really off the rails and crazy. You know, it's very much, the, the tone of it reminds me of, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Because it's relatively slow paced and there's like hints and clues to stuff all over the place. And as you're watching it, you kind of have to figure out like you have to pay attention to that movie or you'll get fucking lost. But the thing I think about something like that is that the way that they made her look in the movie, she looks like a real human. And on this, you can look at Alita and tell that she's not exactly human because of her eyes primarily and her head's, you know, kind of shaped like a manga character. So it, I think a lot of times 
when people look at like sci-fi stuff and then they want to complain about the CG and like you know it doesn't look lifelike or it looks too lifelike and it looks weird it's like just don't watch this type of stuff then if you know that CG is something that pisses you off you're not gonna like pretty much most of the sci-fi that's made you're not gonna watch Elysium you're not gonna watch this movie you're not gonna watch a, a ton of shit you know like you you can you watch a Godzilla movie without CG I mean, I guess you could. I mean, they, they made them without CG before. Well, they but they were like people in suits, right? And they, people it, in suits, and they it, were using practical. They, they made these they made like sets. fake buildings, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. But if you're gonna watch a Godzilla movie, would you rather watch the old like like the was it Toho, the company that made the old like like Mothra and Godzilla and all those all that shit? Would you rather watch that, or would you rather watch the newer one where everything is made basically out of CG? Uh, that's actually a hard question. I'd probably watch the old ones. You probably watch the old ones. You are not helping my argument here. No, not not this particular argument. King Kong okay. might go the opposite way, but Godzilla, like the newer ones, are always like they're like, yes, he's like the ultimate good guy, and it's like that's not how I remembered Godzilla. Godzilla at all. like destroyed shit. Was he really? He wasn't really like he a good creature. He was never a good guy until modern times. He was. You know, it's like, well, hey, we bring King Kong in, and he'll be the bad guy. It's like, no, Kong would be the good guy. It's like, <laughs> you guys are making, like, Godzilla out to be, like, a literal god. Right. It's like, it's so weird, because it's, like, flipped, because Godzilla was always, like, the bad guy. Um, you know, that survived everything. Nuclear blasts and everything like that. You know. Earthquakes. And, and I'm one of those people that doesn't really, like, I don't criticize CGI. And I also don't... I mean, if you if you want to make a cheap movie or something like that... I mean, I like... You know, like, one of my favorite uh, things to watch whenever I was growing up was the sci-fi channel. And I love those sci-fi movies. There's, like, movies like... Our, our TV shows on there, too, like Farscape or... Yeah, Farscape know, was cool shit. I love Farscape. Or the, there's, like, the movie I watched some one time, like, on sci-fi that's called just Ice Spiders... Right. <laughs> and it's like these big giant spiders that broke out of the ice of Antarctica and started attacking the scientists. It was dumb as fuck. But I watched that whole movie and I was like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but that's... I fucking hate spiders and they got killed in the end. I was like, sweet. Yeah. Kill it with fire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really how you kill them. Anything ice dies with fire. Um, right. <laughs> it's pretty... It's just... I'm not that picky when it comes to like movies. If it's something that's fun and entertains me, I'm, you know, I'm I'm usually like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. But like, you know, the the only thing why I didn't pick the when you use the Godzilla thing and I didn't pick that is I just like literally I know the new Godzilla movie. I watched it. I can't remember a fucking thing about it. Really, <laughs> it's not memorable. Yeah, I like the. Other I haven't stuff, seen any of the newer, like the rebooted. The uh, other stuff Godzilla is kind of legendary, and that's the only reason why I was like, oh, I kind of picked their older one because I can remember a lot about those, and I wasn't even born when they were, those were made. Yeah, because that's all shit from like. And the these 60s were and made whenever I was born, and I can't remember jack shit about those, and I watched them. Right. So yeah, I mean, like, honestly, the the most I can remember about any of them. It's probably the Matthew Broderick one, and I know that one wasn't wasn't great. 
It was uh, it was not super awesome. But the, the reason I can remember that is because Matthew Broderick Matthew still Broderick. was great in the movie. Right. The movie just wasn't that great. But Matthew Broderick in the movie was great. Yeah. So that's I guess that's what stuck out to me in that one when I can remember what he does in it. Uh, because it's Matthew Broderick and he's a goddamn legend. <laughs> right. It's Ferris Bueller, damn it. <laughs> um, but like, okay, so here's another example. All right, so could you make the Jurassic Park series or Jurassic World without CG? Could you make Jurassic Park 100% practical with real dinosaurs? No, because dinosaurs or like don't exist animatronics. anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, could you make it with animatronics? I'll put it that way. We know that dinosaurs don't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't make it with complete animatronics because you have to film scenes where dinosaurs are doing things to people that you can't just have them do to people. Even if you have, like, machines made. Like, when the guy's taking a shit and he are sitting in the stall and he gets eaten by a T-Rex. <laughs> right. Can't just be like... He probably did shit himself before he got ate. <laughs> yeah, that guy looks like he's just an avid shitter on himself. <laughs> right. Like, they, they kind of get the perfect role to, like, a... Fucking snobby lawyer. The that weasel dude, lawyer guy. That dude looked like a fucking weasel. He looked weasel. like a weasel lawyer. And he, felt, he looked like a fucking lawyer. Right. I mean, he was just like... We're going to make so much fucking money on this place. Yeah, we're going to make so much money on the place. And he's like, I'll bring you guys down here to defend me. And the only one that... Uh, that agrees with me. Is the blood-sucking lawyer. lawyer. And he's like, thank you. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> It was like, that was not a compliment. No, that was not a compliment. You were a fucking asshole. And he's like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, It's always like that part, uh, just randomly since we're on the original Jurassic Park, when Ian Malcolm is like, you know, he was like, you took, you know, something and you you put it on lunchboxes and you you fucking sold it. You fucking sold it. And you you know, he's he's like, you sold it and you branded it. And he's like. You know, he's just, he's like really aggravated about that because he's like, you can't just take something that were like living creatures that used to exist on this planet and then turn it into a theme park. And because he's, he's a chaotician, right? So he's like, he's like, life will find a way. You can't just lock these animals in here and expect them to be a part of this park forever. They will find ways to break out, you know? Yeah, because like his, his thing, and it's still quoted today, even in the new Jurassic Parks, he's like, you, you never stopped to think just because you could do it, should you do it. Right, yeah. And he was like, you just did it. And then, and boom. You, you and packaged like, it Malcolm and you sold was it. One of the, yeah, he's like, then boom. You know, you get... You, it's you, like you spent so much time trying to think if you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. Yeah, think yep. if you should. And it's one of the most quoted lines of the movie because he's absolutely fucking right. That's how science, that's how science works sometimes. It's like, just because you can do it, should you do it? Yeah, like cloning. Like cloning. It's like, yeah, okay, we, we could possibly have the technology to clone, but should we, should we clone? Should we That's make copies of people? I don't have the answer to that. I don't have no. the moral obligation of the human society to know if I can answer that for everyone. <laughs> And it's not up to us to, to determine that that's how humanity is going to be. Like, fuck it, we're just going to allow cloning now. Yeah, we're going to allow cloning. That could either that can either be a bad thing or it can be a good thing. I don't know how to fucking. The answer science that has to still has to work out some of that stuff. You have to you have to depend on the people that actually create the technology to do this to actually hope that these fucking guys have some type of moral obligation to themselves. 
you know, to say like, oh shit, if I do this, then this could happen. Because whenever you create that, like especially human cloning on a massive scale, if you can actually invent that, someone else is going to steal that exact same technology and what are they going to do with it? Because anything great that's ever been invented has been used for evil. <laughs> it's humans, been used for like military purposes and because humans are the best thing that ever happened to this planet and also the worst right all in one yeah and it but the, tying it back to like the the CG right is that in order for stuff like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park to work uh, like well since we were talking about Ghost in the Shell because Ghost in the Shell is kind of Similar to this in a lot of ways. You can't make Modico without CG because we don't have cyborgs that exist on that level, right? You can't make uh, Lord of the Rings without having the ability to create the, the goblins and to create the, the you know, like yeah, the orcs. orcs are and, not real. Yeah, like orcs and stuff like that you can do so with you can makeup. Put them in, like costumes and stuff like that, but if you're fighting on a massive scale, or do you think that the. Can you make Smaug practically? Yeah, or or on a massive scale. Yeah, like the armies, when the armies fight each other. Do you think they they have the budget to fucking put makeup on every single... 10,000 people? ...fucking person on the battlefield? Yeah. No, they have to put CGI on a few different people and then just replicate Multiply them, yeah. That's what they do with the elves. You have, like, a group of maybe, like, I don't know, like 50 elves... And you're like, we're just going to duplicate them across the battlefield. We have like 50 orcs in costumes and makeup and everything. And we're, we're going to duplicate, duplicate them. them. Because there's no fucking way that people can get in makeup at 5 a.m. And then the makeup artists can make up fucking 10,000 people. No. Before the shoot. That's just unfucking realistic. You can't do that. There's no way you can do that. Why do you think it is that people hate CG so much in movies because they know that it's fake, they have no imagination, that there's no suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I, I think a Do lot you think of that's what it is? They're like, well, this is just obviously fake. It's all fake! Movies are fake! That's what, uh, that's one of <laughs> the best This shit isn't real! That's one of the best quotes by George Lucas I ever heard and he was like, everybody's always like, well, this looks fake and stuff and he's like, well, everything's fake. Yeah. Every, all of it's fake. Right. Because that was because people Star always complained Wars, him about it, CG. Yeah, Star Wars is completely fake. It is not based on a true story. No. It's nothing a fairy that tale happened, that takes place in space. Nothing that happens in Star Wars is real. Nothing that happens in Lord of the Rings is real. Nothing that happens in the X-Men movies are real. The Matrix. The, the Matrix. The Avengers. Yeah. None of them are real. But that's not what makes them great. It's whenever you get to suspend your disbelief and you get to see Captain America fucking Will Mjolnir and stuff like that. And you're like, fuck yeah! Yeah. Shut yeah! Fuck Thanos up! You just get pumped. You get pumped You're not thinking it. like, oh man, like the CG for that looks stupid. Come on. Like, if you're watching, if you're watching Endgame, right? That moment where, uh... Where Cap, spoiler alert, Cap wields Mjolnir. If you haven't, if you're one of the like two people on the planet's not seen Endgame, so <laughs> it passed Avatar. So yay to that. Um, yay 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 yay. Uh, we got Ice Cube in the building, but uh, <laughs> uh, but like if you're watching that scene, right? And 
Like, as we watch this, and there's that moment where, where Cap actually, like, summons Mjolnir like Thor does. And it and it hits him in the hand, and you're like, fuck, Cap can wield Mjolnir. He is worthy. Fuck yes. Go fuck him up. You know, you're not thinking like, oh, the CG when it flew over. That, that was a terrible Mjolnir. They didn't even animate that right. Yeah, you're, you're not thinking, thinking about that shit. Because Thanos is about to kill Thor. He's trying to push that axe into his chest. And then you see the fucking hammer lift up in the air. And then you see it hit Thanos. And you're thinking and it that it's it Thor that summoned it. And then you see the fucking hammer fly into Cap's hand. And then he's just like... And you're like, oh shit. Shit is about to go and down. And Thanos just kind of kicks like Thor out of the way. And he's like, well, let's do this, human. And in, in the whole movie, and actually the whole Infinity War and Endgame, the only person that actually puts up a really good fight against Thanos is Captain America in that moment. Yeah. Because his strategy, whenever he rushed in there, was fucking awesome. And Thanos felt the pain. Right. You know, like, and he was about to get severely fucked up by Scarlet Witch. Yeah, like Scarlet Witch was about to kill him, and he's like, "Just rain fire!" And he's like, "What about our people?" He's like, "Fuck my!" I don't give a fuck about that. I'm getting my ass whooped because she's about to tear me apart. Yeah, she's about to quarter him. Like, she was like, "You took everything from me," and he was like, "I don't even know who you are." And she's like, "You will. You'll fucking deny him." Because once like, she summons oh. that power, it starts like, you can feel like his body's like ripping apart. And you're like, ah. But that's the thing. When you're watching that, you're not thinking in the back of your head, man, the CG for Thanos doesn't actually look that good. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Or Scarlet Witch's powers don't even look right. That's not a real power. You don't give a fuck about that because no, you're, you're in the fucking moment. Yes. You're into it. You're like, yes. fuck, I want to see how this battle ends. So good. It's Anybody so good. who watches these movies, like if you're watching, if you're watching the Alita movie... And you see her fighting and you start thinking like, oh man, fuck the CG in this movie. Just don't watch sci-fi ever again. Go home and watch the movies that are done completely practically. Don't fuck around with CG. Why do people constantly go to movies and then bitch about the CG? Why do you pay money and then you're like, well, I'm going to sit here and fucking complain about this when you know that you don't like stuff like that? We don't like the Transformers movies. Do we do we sit there and complain about like the CG on the Transformers movies? We don't movies? go to the Transformers movies and be like, you know, just fuck Michael Bay. Like, fuck Michael Bay. And fuck your CG. Your CG's terrible. This movie made me walk out. Yeah, this even movie's garbage. We didn't, you know, like clearly <laughs> we wouldn't like the movie even when we walked in there. We're not ruining the experience for everyone else. Right. But that's but I I don't understand why people feel this compulsion. If you're not a fan of movies that are heavy CG, why the fuck would you see something like this that you know is a sci-fi movie that's going to have CG in it? It's got James Cameron wrote this shit. Obviously, it's going to be a sci-fi movie with a lot of CG. That's what the fuck Avatar is. But the thing with like Avatar is that Avatar made a fuckload of money because it was still a good story. On top of all the CG stuff. The CG stuff was just something they had to do because it's a planet that doesn't fucking exist and it's a race of aliens that doesn't fucking exist and you have to create in the computer. There's only so much. You can't build those creatures out of like makeup and stuff and like, you know, puppets and things you can add onto your body. I mean, you you just, you can't, I mean, you could probably make Navi that, you know, just be like people in like blue paint and, you know, like prosthetics and stuff. 
But it wouldn't look the same as it does in the actual movie where they're just creating the computer. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Which also... Isn't Actually, it... we've been saying it wrong the whole time. It's Zoe Saldana. Saldana? Well, yeah, it, I mean, okay. <laughs> but the... I didn't know that until she said it herself. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I was like, and she's like, I'm Zoe Saldana. And I'm like, I thought it was Donna the whole fucking time. Right. Well, anyway. But Zoe is in two of the biggest franchises, as far as money-wise... Yeah. Ever. Avengers. Avengers. Guardians. Yeah, she's in the MCU. And she's Avatar. She's part of the Infinity War and Endgame. And then she's also an Avatar. So if you want to make a movie that can get you over $2 billion, you get Zoe Saldana. Sam Worthington. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> because he is still alive. Right. Has, it, has he made anything recently? I think he's probably just doing... Like indie movies or something? James Cameron shit. TV? Probably just... He's probably just working on Avatar forever? It's like, we're just... Dude, it's like, you'll just have a job doing Avatar for as long as we need you. Yeah. Because nobody else will fucking hire you. We'll hire you. And he was in a Terminator movie. Oh, he's so cool. I mean, he's so good and so cool. But it's just like... Sam Worthington's the guy that you get where you're like... We don't want to, like, intimidate anybody when we get, like, an average-looking dude that can act pretty damn good. And, um... Decent physique, yeah. That's that. That's pretty much... The it's like He's like the guy you get when you can't get, like, Charlie Hunnam or Kit Harington and, like, those kind of guys. He's like the Hugh Grant <laughs> of sci-fi. Right, yeah. Like, you know how, like, how you, Hugh Grant was in all the rom-coms at one point? Right. That's what Sam Worthington is to sci-fi. He's just like a dependable guy that you can get reasonably on the cheap. Yeah. Do a good job, and you you didn't have to really go out of your way. Yeah, you didn't. That's have basically to... what Hugh Grant is for comedies. Yeah, you're right. Just like you know, not super expensive. You know, I mean, he's and he's decent enough that you're gonna be able to put out a pretty good movie, and he didn't have to spend a shit ton of money. You know, you can get him relatively cheap. Yeah. Especially after the whole hooker scandal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like The Rock. It's just kind of like, who can we get that isn't as expensive as, expensive as Vin Diesel? Right. <laughs> we'll do, do you think that Vin Diesel is more expensive than The Rock? Yes. Like, I, thought the, I thought The Rock really. was the highest paid uh, for action movies. He is, only movies. because he does more movies. Is that just simply because of the volume? Vin doesn't do as much, so... Yeah, because Vin gets to pick and choose what the fuck he does because he's a fucking brand. Right. Well, yeah. like, how much does he make to do the Riddick... Well, because he owns the rights to Riddick now, but how much does he make to do, like, a Riddick movie? How much does he make off of that? Does he does he get paid a salary, or does he just make, like, a percentage of the box he, office? He makes percentages off the Riddick He makes movies. a percentage... Okay, so... If like and the Fast and the Furious is basically like partially owned by him, so even if you do like the per- Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, Vin Diesel still makes money off that because it's part of the franchise. And then, well, because Tokyo Drift was kind of like a side story, he still makes money on that. He didn't make money off that because the deal was made with after that. That's the deal uh, they made whenever he came back. When they were doing... Uh, because they were like, hey, we can't make money off Fast and the Furious movies for real like we did. 
without you. Please come back. Because the second one, they they just had was it Tyrese and Paul Walker, and they're like it did decent money, but not like the first one where it was like him, Michelle Rodriguez, and Paul Walker and Jordana no, Brewster. Nobody were, nobody was buzzing like what's going to happen in the next one. And they're like, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, they're like, uh. It's like, so well, they had to bring it back with uh, was it Fast and Furious when they brought it back after yeah. Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Cause I'm like I thought because I thought I saw like a list of like what people, like action stars or whatever that like what they make like yeah per The movie. Rock was at the top of the list yeah but he was at the top of the list because he made like, you know The Rock makes something like four movies a year or something like that right so his average, is about twenty million a movie, but like, if you factor in what uh, Vin makes from like acting. the Riddick movies and from like for acting, The, the Rock probably makes more, but per year, Vin Diesel ab- absolutely makes way more. Okay. So and Vin Diesel, so this is like Vin th- Diesel does like one movie a year, or maybe one movie every two years, or something like that. Yeah, he doesn't work like a ton because I mean he has plenty of money. He doesn't. He can kind of pick and choose what he wants to do. Yeah, the Fast and Furious franchise is his. You know, he owns Riddick. Riddick. Yeah, uh, he owns his own. And studio. he can make Riddick movies until he's in his eighties. I will always watch that shit. Yeah, Vin Diesel could probably, you know, Vin Diesel's got a good, you know, ten solid more years of just great solid movies. The Rock maybe five. <laughs> I'm just. I, I think people are gonna tire out of the rock because he's just made so much in a row. Right. And it's gonna kind of be like the. Um, it's the like burnout. Arnold syndrome. Whenever he was doing all those movies in a row, and then people were just kind of tired of him for a little. I think bit. that's why he wanted to be governor to kind of break away from it because he, you know, he's also like in Arnold's case. He Arnold's always been pretty political, you know, because yeah. he ever when he first moved to America. And he left Austria. He left Austria because he didn't like the political climate. And he was like, I think I'd rather come to America because I want to get my movie career going. And that's why he's lived in California forever because, I mean, you know, of his Hollywood stuff. But he also was, like, really big into politics. And you could kind of tell that, like, there at a certain point he was kind of – because, like, I think it was, like – what was the last movie he did before he went and, and ran to be governor? It was, like, Eraser? Wasn't it Eraser that he did? And Eraser didn't do so hot in the box office, I think, because people might have been kind of burnt out on Arnold. And then he was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm going to run to be governor," because they had the whole thing where the governor had to resign, I think, or he left office, and they had to do like a special election to put a new governor in, and he he ran and won it. And it was like that was kind of something he needed to sort of cool off for a while. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to take a break, and I think Vin moderates himself where he can. You know, be successful. Um, you know, throughout the ages, and The Rock, I don't know, kind of feels like he's on one of those things where he's just gonna, you know, even though he has a great personality and I love The Rock, he just seems like he's okay with just like burning people out on The Rock. <laughs> it's like, like hey, I mean, if if he wants to keep making all the movies like he's doing, it's like, I mean, that's his business. But it's like, you well, know. there's Jumanji four, and um, there's 
Jungle San Andreas Cruise. 2. San Andreas 2. Moana 2. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus Christ. Come on, Come man. On, How man? much of this Stop. shit are you going to do? <laughs> Go back to wrestling for a year or something, and then fucking come back. To well, there's been some some talk about that that like they uh, they might potentially try to bring him back when SmackDown goes to Fox, that The Rock might come back because Fox is like, what would it take to have The Rock come back and do like you know maybe like a six month run to try to get the show launched on Fox because they're not guaranteed to have Brock Lesnar or Ronda because Ronda's. You know, on her uh, who the fuck, vacation time. Who the fuck would even want Brock Lesnar? I, I Fox, only, I think, would love to have Brock. I would only ever use Brock Lesnar. Honestly, I would only ever use him in pay-per-views. Right. The only time he shows up on TV is for so Paul Heyman can run a promo while he just stands there and laughs. I wouldn't even ever use him on TV because... It's just a waste of time. We know he's not there to do anything. Yeah, just have Heyman do all that just shit. Just have Heyman do that and have Brock Lesnar show up in the fucking pay-per-views. That way you can get people to tune into the pay-per-views. I just right. think that's really easy. But that's for a different podcast. Yeah, that's for wrestling Let's era. Let's go ahead and finish this um, late episode. Right. <laughs> that way we can, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're going... wrestling era. Right, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a break here. Because uh, anytime you talk about The Rock, you just kind of end up talking about wrestling, like, regardless, you know? True that. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a break here, and then when we come back, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll get to the last comment, and we'll finish up. Was uh, the new Slipknot song "Solway Firth"? Solway Firth. Yes. And it's like uh, I, I remember, like when this song first dropped, I was uh, I like downloaded it because I was like I wanted to listen to it when I was on my way home, and I remember like at the beginning of this, I'm like, is this just gonna be like one of them like slow creepy songs like Scissors or something where it's like just weird and creepy the whole way, and then it kind of builds and when it gets past that opening thing and then it just it just fucking sledgehammers you over the head you're like oh no this is just this is gonna be like a fucking song of brutality <laughs> this is gonna be straight up brutality hits you over the head type shit and uh yeah it's it's pretty uh crazy the video for it's fucking crazy too but you damn right uh which actually so remember i was trying to figure out what the fuck that was that they had kind of laced in throughout the video because the Slipknot part of the video of that video is 
the band on stage performing shit live, you know, at a concert, like unveiling the new song live, and then it's cut in with like this, like the show or something that has um, Carl Urban in it, and I'm like, I asked you, I'm like, what the fuck is that? And you're like, I don't know, it's probably like a movie or something. It's actually it's an Amazon show called The Boys. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I was, realize I that until later. Tell you about it. It's a new show called The Boys. It's about a group of uh, a group of people putting um, corrupt superheroes in check. Yeah, that's. Uh... I heard it's amazing. It just came out. I heard that show is amazing, and I was like, yeah, it probably is because it's Carl Urban. Yeah, the dude can do any goddamn. Pretty much anything that Carl Urban I'm in. does. I'm probably going to start watching it because I've been looking for a new show that has a little bit of grit and <laughs> a lot of gore. And hey, if it's endorsed by Slipknot, what more do you need? That's all I need. I just need some <laughs> uh, uh, need some Slipknot, need some Carl Urban, and I need some Amazon. <laughs> but fuck Jeff Bezos <laughs> for no reason, no reason at all. Yeah, he's just too rich. Did you ever see the John Oliver piece about the, uh, the 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 factory workers that work for Amazon? That sucks. That does. That that whole piece makes you think like, man, these people work in some shitty ass conditions. But that's not technically this is a controversial statement, but it's just how businesses work sometimes. That's not directly uh, it has anything to do with Bezos. Because he runs a company that's worldwide and there's a bunch of warehouses and uh, so shouldn't this shouldn't the conditions be up to the people that are over the warehouses? Yes. So Unless get on he's that shit. Directly telling them, hey, treat the workers like shit. It's not on him. Unless this this the John Oliver thing comes out and then he's just like, I don't give a shit. It is on him. I'm pretty sure he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's like worth 183 billion dollars or some crazy shit like that. Right. Yeah. But. That doesn't necessarily mean that can go away really quickly because if Amazon goes under, he goes under. Right. Um, so he needs to make sure that he keeps on top of that shit because Amazon is the best online company in the world. Yeah, as long as uh, as long as uh, you know Twitch is healthy, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> you know, because you got to get them. Uh... That's a joke, right? <laughs> okay. Twitch uh, itself is a joke. Right. Well, it will be under very soon. I, I don't know. I mean, they they bought that and they've been trying to invest a lot in it. And it's like if you have Amazon Prime, you get like discounts on games through Twitch and stuff like that. And you know, you get like extra bonus stuff. Because like when I had uh, Amazon Prime, I got like VC for NBA 2K, like you know, virtual money to use in the game because I was also a Twitch Prime member because of Amazon Prime. Yeah, but, if you guys want to hear more about the actually having to buy more games after games, there's a podcast coming out <laughs> called I Love This Shit. <laughs> it's something that Steve came up with uh, with AJ. Uh, so you guys listen to that and we'll explain. What and I'm pretty sure I'll about. probably be involved with that somehow. Yeah, yes. So, but it's kind of a th- an idea that they came up with. I'm just, I'm just trying to see what their show is going to be. But basically, if, if you're a, if you're like a bullshit millennial... Or a social justice warrior, you are not gonna like that show. <laughs> but go and listen to the intro. There's an intro episode of I Love This Shit. Go listen to it right now, and uh, you'll get the gist of it. Even though I have to do all the goddamn work. Uh, yeah, AJ <laughs> is what you would describe as unreliable. <laughs> 
Okay, because um, so he was supposed to be here to help us with the lead of Battle he, Angel. He, he had to work, but he, he had, had to work. work yeah. So uh, we're not going to totally dog him out. Uh, the and man's he's trying got to make like a living. Seven hundred and sixty kids. Yes, because yeah. he does not know what a condom is. Yes, uh, he. You know that's uh, that's why you don't put your dick in crazy kids. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so the last comment, let's get to it because um, I think we want to do a wrestling era episode tonight so <laughs> you the people that listen to us probably listen to a little bit of wrestling era we don't yeah yeah we we get we get you know decent listens for wrestling era i mean it doesn't blow like the world up but people do listen to it i mean we're not as well known as like cultaholic or like simon miller or what culture or russell talk or any of those guys because we're not english people we, like to listen to fucking english people yeah when it comes to wrestling what the fuck do they know yeah oh well let's get to our next one <laughs> It's <laughs> maybe I should do like I should do an English accent for the next one to, just to see if, if like you do it, we'll probably blow it up because they're like oh an English guy oh it's another English guy doing a wrestling Fuck podcast it, let's listen to them. Fuck let's listen to this um, maybe I should maybe I should break up my English accent for that yeah but anyway so um, anytime that you have a strong female in, in a movie like this what's the first thing that automatically comes up uh, people hate it because they're like women aren't that strong <laughs> so feminist agenda stuff right yes and then what's the other thing like what's the thing that people always complained about with ray in star wars what's the term that everybody uses for her on the internet if you know where i'm going with that i know where you're going with it i just there's a know. term for like the the female character that seemingly can do everything and there's no explanation for it. There's a term oh, for that. Oh, she's just too powerful, too quick. She knows how to stuff. do everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, Ray's a, is a little different because we've had like in the, the Ray's case, I, I kind of understood that because we had like all these generations of all this training, even no matter how bad it was. Um, <laughs> and then you have us like like the one the one person. It it wouldn't have mattered if it was a guy or a girl. It's just like. Hey, that's not standard Star Wars stuff. But I, I get what they're saying. It's like, oh well, she's just overpowered without any explanation. It's that's like, that's the Mary Sue effect, right? Yeah, it's like, but in this Alita movie, there is an explanation, and the, it's actually explained early on in this movie. Yeah, relatively early. Yeah. So I'll just get into it, right? Yeah. So. For once, I actually found, for like once in like a long time, I actually found a paragraph that was distinctly written by a woman, which is weird because most of the time in these comments, it's just uh. weird nerd guys that put their opinions out there. And like women, a lot of times, don't even bother to write because they're like, I didn't like that movie, but I'm not going to go on IMDb and bitch about it. This woman felt compelled to write something. Well, and I'm going to go ahead and say this before it even starts. It's going to be very eligible. <laughs> uh, so it says, I'm a woman, and I'm getting increasingly annoyed and dismayed by the lack of newer movies I can relate to, even partially. Why do most female roles in modern movies have to push the stronger, tougher-than-a-man narrative? I get that Alita is a cyborg, but still, the romance part of this movie is just, just completely fell apart for me because of how impossibly tough and powerful she behaved. Whereas her guy just plain wasn't. Most of the trailer for this movie and actual beginning of this movie portrayed Alita in a more sweet, feminine manner. And her interaction between her and uh, her guy, Hugo, was uh, 
was uh, touching, nice, and realistic. That's one of the reasons I wanted to watch this sci-fi movie in the first place. But nope, as the movie progresses, we then have to make Alita incredibly powerful and dangerous to the point where it is stupidly ridiculous, and I just couldn't take it anymore, and I had to stop watching. Sick and tired of the politically correct crap that all female characters are somehow far tougher, stronger, and more powerful and dangerous than men, when in most cases it simply is, that is not the way at all. I cannot relate to a movie, uh, and, uh, or I cannot relate, uh, if I cannot relate to a movie, and I'm going to assume there are many other women similar to me, then hey, movie producers, you're going to start losing a larger segment of your audience. Continue this line of reasoning at your own risk. So, her problem with the movie is that women were too strong. Too powerful. I think what she's kind of complaining, and it's like, I guess Alita kind of broke her spirit a bit. Because, like, what was the thing that people always complained about, like, the Captain Marvel movie? Was that, like, oh, Carol just, she just, she's so badass, and she's, like, invincible, and she's, like, so much better than, like, the men that are around her. She's better than... You know, um, uh, all the Nick men Fury characters. And... Yeah, she's better than Fury. She's better than um, uh, the what's scroll. the? Uh, yeah, and then uh, what's the the guy that um, Jude Law plays? What's his name? Ah, uh, oh, shit! Shit! I forgot. But she's supposed to be like she's so much better than everybody else around her. But and she, she's but so much thing, of a badass. The point of Captain Marvel, though. Is that not just not men are trying to keep her down, like a whole uh, people are trying to keep her down because she's stronger than them. And they know it. Right. It's an inspirational story, actually. If you if you watch it just as like a regular <coughs> Marvel movie, it might not be super fantastic. But if you watch it for what it was actually written for, <coughs> for the comics, which was to kind of inspire you know, women to to push above and beyond no matter what was against them, which is exactly what Captain Marvel was written for. Yeah. Um then you, you realize at first greatness because that's what she realizes. It's like, oh, you have this little um thing on me that I thought that gave me my powers the whole time, but it was really crippling me. Right. And now what happens when her. I take this off? They don't have any way to control her. You can't stop me. Right. So that that was very meaningful. That's why I got chills when I watched that movie whenever, you know, because I actually understand that. And, you know, a lot of people, I guess, don't. When was um, when was Captain Marvel written? It was like in the 60s? Uh, 60s or 70s. 70s? Yeah. It, was, it was during the, you know, the um, women's right movement and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is... Which is honestly, to me, still a baffling thing that ever happened in, you know, I was I was born in the 80s, but it's still a baffling thing that happened, <laughs> to me it's baffling that it happened in, like, recent history. Right. Because, I, I guess I'm one of the rare people that thinks this should have happened, like, a long, long fucking time ago. Yeah, that's why you have all these uh, equal rights things that come up for women, where it's like... Why do we make less money compared to a man and we do the same job? You know, and, and stuff like that. And, and I'd be like, like, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't. I, I have no fucking clue. It's like this institutionalized sexism type of thing that 
for some reason they feel like you know women should make less than a man even if they do the same job and it's like doesn't make any sense. If they do the same job, they should make the same. If they do the same job, just as good as the man does the job, are better than the man does. They should make more if they could do it better. Right. You, that's just fair. That's just fair. Like you know, I'm a, I'm a welding supervisor. If there was a welder better than one of my other welders, I would pay them more. You know, I mean that's that's just how that works to me doesn't matter if it's a woman or not you're going based on merit yeah it's on like skill. How, how good are you at that it's like well i'm i'm the best it's like are you the best oh damn you're pretty good well then yeah you should get paid more than those other guy i've been doing it for 20 years it's like yeah you've been doing average for 20 years though yeah you never try to be better because you already know that you're gonna get a job just because you're a man that does happen that's not no PC bullshit. That's not no... Because you work in an environment that is predominantly know. run by men. Women right. typically don't do construction work but that women much. women do do it. Yeah. Because you have... I mean, you've worked on crews with women. Do you have women on your crew right now? No. It's only a three-man crew. Oh, okay. Um, well. So it's it's not really um, big at the moment. But I would I would definitely not hesitate to hire a woman that was better than... Especially if they complain less, because <laughs> men just bitch so much, <laughs> so much. I think if you, yeah, I, I, it's like, it's this weird thing where it's like, when people watch movies like this where you have, like, a powerful woman as like the lead character, like for some reason there's there's a segment of men that have like there's a lot of men uh, in. Like, especially with, like, uh, The Last Jedi, for example. They always think it's an agenda. Yeah, they always think that there's some kind of agenda. They think that Kathleen Kennedy is pushing the feminist agenda. Because I I heard this argument before, because uh, I watched this video, and this guy was defending The Last Jedi. And he said that he heard the arguments that all of the men are, like, emasculated in that movie compared to a woman. Because... Uh, Poe is emasculated in front of everybody by Leia because she has issues with his dreadnought plan and he wanted to push on with the dreadnought thing to bomb yeah, it to take it out. But he does it any goddamn way. He does it anyway. He fucking, uh, some people die, but he fucking takes out a dreadnought. Right. Which definitely helps, but Leia's looking at like how much did Poe have to give up? How much did we have to lose? in order for him to get that, that victory over the Dreadnought. Leia's looking at it from a pragmatic sense because she's looking at the screen she's and she sees, she sees the like part of the fleet is just gone and she's like, fuck. Like, we, we don't have a lot of people left. In my opinion, they are both right. Well, I Poe think... Poe was right to take out the Dreadnought, but he wasn't right to sacrifice the people. He, he basically like wiped out their entire bombing fleet doing it. But... He gave up po too much for that. Poe didn't think that it was going to take that many people to take out the Dreadnought yeah. after he took out the surface cannons. Right. So... Because he wasn't expecting he, the TIE fighters to be able to... He miscalculated the judgment, but he did take out the Dreadnought. Yeah. Ultimately, it did work because of... Uh, uh, was it Paige? Yeah, Paige Tico. She's like Rose's sister. Her bomber actually took the dreadnought out. I would have liked to know a little bit more about her in the movie. About Paige Tico? Uh, maybe that'll come up in a comic or something. But, uh, but the point was like with that particular movie, right? That Poe got emasculated by Leia because she didn't like his dreadnought Not plan. True. 
And like, so the people complained about that because they were like, Poe Poe made takes to... out more motherfuckers in those movies than anyone else. Right. So people complained about that. People complained that Luke was made to be to look like an idiot in front of Rey. And there was... He was like an idiot in The Last Jedi, you mean by saving the entire rebellion. Well, because like there's that whole thing where you know people are, are pointing to where like she... She pulls the lightsaber on him and like attacks him, and stuff. And they were like, "Oh, well, she you basically, like, she just attacked him straight up and kind of made him look a little bit like a bitch." And and people had issues with that. I never felt that way. Right? I, I, but that's but that's how people feel Didn't when people you feel the whole time like uh, uh, Luke was in total control of that situation. Like, if if he if he really her... treated Ray as a threat, he could have just ended her. Yeah, like, he was just like, look, this isn't a fight. Like, I'm not really trying to fight you. I understand that you are you feel like you have this connection to Kylo because he's told you stuff, but it's like, you don't really know what the real story is. Let me explain to you what happened. He's like, look, I, I, I fucked up too. You know, it's like, I knew that Kylo had darkness in him, and, and I fucked up because I thought that I could go ahead and just kill him and be done with it. And then, by the time I realized what I was doing, it was too late. He had seen it, and he turned against Luke, right? And but this isn't the Star Wars. Burn the temple. Let's get back. But like everybody complains about like the male characters in that movie getting getting emasculated and stuff like that. Emasculated? Did you see Adam Driver? Right. (laughs) Ben Swolo. Yeah. That's a man, right? Yeah, that's a that's a dude who has like a really badass gem on those on those ships, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about this movie is that like her problem was that like Alita was made to be like just way too badass, and it's like she's literally fucking designed to do that because when Doctor Ito explains it to her in the movie, he's like. You know, basically, the, the, the chassis that you brought me is a Berserker chassis. It's it is, it is it's a, it's a chassis that was made for warriors to use because the Berserker class for, you know, the, the Martian army was, like, almost unstoppable, right? Like, they're fucking crazy because the tactics that she uses in the movie and stuff is, like, battle tactics that are, like, ingrained into her from her training. And it's the reason that she's so badass is because she's literally designed to be that way. Her heart functions at a different level to almost any other cyborg because they don't have that kind of technology. That was Martian technology. And when they invaded, the only thing that's left is like scrap of like, you know, the models that got destroyed during the war. So the fact that she's like designed to be better than everybody else, like her core is, that's just part of the story. But people look at this and they're like, they're just trying. What is wrong with trying to make young girls feel good about themselves? Is that so wrong? Like you could like a little girl that's looking at like the Alita movie is like, I want to be like Alita because she's tough and she stands up to assholes and she's like a take no prisoners kind of chick. And little girls are like, I want to be tough like she is. What's wrong with that? It's like, no, fuck that. Women have to be held down. She can be the main character of the misogynist be watching dishes. Or is right. agenda. She's gotta be washing dishes or laundry. If you're a man she should be rooting on 
if you're a man, if you're a real man and you have a problem with women being strong and tough and that kind of thing, you're not really a man. Right? Like You're a little pussy. You're you're a little bitch. Like <laughs> this kind of shit kills me all the time like when people talk about like tough women in a movie. Who's one of the original besides like Ellen Ripley from Aliens? But like what's one of the original tough ass women from movies? It's Sarah Connor, right? Judy Garland, Wizard of Oz. Right. <laughs> hey, she you know led what? A bunch of men down the road just so she get fucking home. Yeah. Judy Garland, rest in peace. Yeah, strong badass female, right? Like if we're going back, we're gonna go back to the fucking forties and Wizard of Oz. Judy Garland, motherfucker. Greatest, one of the greatest movies of all motherfucking time. Right. And she was so tortured by that shit because that fucking studio, which was MGM fucking tortured her and made her fucking anorexic and shit and put her on drugs. Fuck MG. Just so she could maintain that that skinny image. Yeah, the little fucking girl shit. Yeah. That's some creepy shit. Yeah. But that's that's the thing is that like you have a section of like I don't know what it is. Like I don't know if it's because we come from a different generation. Like you said, we're from the 80s, right? So when we see badass women in movies like Captain Marvel or talking about like Ghost in the Linda Shell. Hamilton. Yeah, Linda Hamilton and Terminator. Fucking shit like that. We're like, fuck yeah. And they're like, this is the agenda. It's like, what agenda? Cool what's wrong chicks? with what's wrong with like women being Mila and fucking Resident Evil? Yeah, Mila Jovovich. She's always been like a badass chick. You know, you Michelle Charlie Rodriguez, Theron, and fucking shit. You see yeah, Charlie Theron and like the Mad Max uh, yeah. Fury Road. Yeah, she's a fucking like, badass in like, that movie. They fucking took her role. It's like Max doesn't talk much. They just put somebody there that could talk and like lead the plot. That's the only fucking thing. She right. wasn't even the main character. He still was. He's fucking death, basically. Yeah. that's He's the metaphor of death. Have you ever watched the fucking original shit? He's basically death. Right. Um, She was just like, hey, someone has to talk in this movie, so let her talk. <laughs> right. Because he's not going to talk much because it's Tom Hardy, and it's basically hard to understand any goddamn thing he says in any movie he's ever in, but it's fucking <laughs> amazing when he says it. Well, and also he's he's channeling Mel Gibson's version of Max. So. Yeah, the muffled, like the it's actually you know it, Mel Gibson's version wasn't actually, you know he didn't talk much. It was just the audio quality was so bad. He was like, I'm not gonna write, I'm not gonna write a bunch of lines for this because we we don't have the fucking equipment to actually fucking record this very well. Yeah, um, but. But that's the thing. It's like when you have like badass women in these movies, like you know, uh, like Michelle Rodriguez, for example. You know, she's in some pretty cool stuff, and she's usually a badass in most of the stuff that she works in. Mila Jovovich, like you said, you know, Charlize Theron. She's like she was an Eon Uma Flex. Thurman. Uma Thurman. Was that a the feminist? Bride. Yeah, was that a feminist agenda? Whenever Kill Bill was made, she no. literally killed other women to get no revenge. No one said shit about that movie. About no, being a nobody feminist. said that that no was a feminist agenda. Anything. Yeah, it was I, a Quentin Tarantino movie, and then he got uh, accused of being a sexist years later. And he's like, "Look at the movies I made." You're he's like, "I put idiot. Uma in Pulp Fiction, and Uma almost steals that movie." When Mia Wallace comes into that movie, she damn near steals it. Yeah, Mia Wallace. Mrs. Mia Wallace. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it always... It, it, it's like, I don't know if there's like... You have some insecure fucking men that watch movies now 
what the fuck is wrong with this generation that people can't watch a movie like a sci-fi movie like, like, like Alita is and they sit back and they're like, well, fuck this feminist agenda. I don't want to see this shit. This is a woman saying this in this case well, the, that like she feels like it's too overpowering and she can't relate to that. That's why I don't understand it. Like, like, like I was saying, like one of my favorite sci-fi shows was Farscape. Yeah. Which was headed up by uh, by a woman. Like there was a woman was like the lead character of that, right? Yeah, she was the lead character. It was uh, guy, Claudia Black. Yeah, Claudia Black, and then the guy was the side character, but she, but she was the main character. Yeah, and and that fucking show was awesome. I think it only lasted two seasons, but I watched every episode. Yeah, Farscape was cool. Like I remember, like I think they had it on on Netflix. Like a while back, because I was like, did I, they have Farscape on? Netflix? They had Farscape on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Because I went back through and I watched like I think the first like three episodes. Um, because I, I was watching that, and then I was watching um Star Trek uh Next Generation, because I was kind of wanting to go back and watch some of the old Next Generation episodes. But it's like, but also like Farscape like, was was led by a woman. Yeah, True Blood. Yeah. True, True blood. blood is led by a woman with a bunch of fucking vampires and Sookie. werewolves and fucking... It's Anna Paquin. Yeah, it's Anna Paquin. Another strong she, female lead. She's the fucking main character. It's one of the greatest shows in HBO history. Right. I mean, so I don't understand where it's like, oh, if a female's lead, it's a feminist agenda. It's like, no, sometimes females can just be the main fucking characters of stories. Right. Even if the, you know, female, you know, like, it's it's like, oh, well, they're just, you know, you don't really hear, like, they're like, oh, Black Panther should have been a white guy. Or it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, something oh, like God. that. Oh, God. That would be awful if they did that. Like, there's no way. But, but I like, always think it's hilarious because they, they'll, they'll even mention, like, these side characters and stuff sometimes. It's like, well, so-and-so is supposed to be this. And it's like, this is a side character. Let well, them get a little interesting with it. So, on the Black Panther argument, right? Black Panther, you have T'Challa, who is the Black Panther, and he's flanked by two badass women, Nakia and General Okoye, right? And General Okoye is definitely a badass. Denai Guerrero. Yeah, Denai Guerrero. So, yeah, um, a.k.a. Michonne. Uh, but, yeah, so he's flanked by two badass women, and nobody, I think... I think what this is, I think this is, this is like, I think it's a white thing because you don't see black people as much like black people don't look at black Panther and they're like, Oh, general Okoye, she's so overpowered. Like, you know, she's a general fuck this feminist agenda. They don't really say stuff like that. At least not that I'm aware of. It's usually like cupcake ass white people that do this. I'm Am I saying it's something controversial? Because I'm like... I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Okay. It's, it's a little bit th- of everybody. It's, it's not a it's race. It's a little thing. bit You're of everybody. You're trying to make it a race thing. I just, I, to me, I just feel like it, white people care more nah, about this if, shit. If you were on Twitter, no, it's everyone. Is it everyone? Okay, I it's guess. It's not just white people. But it's, like, uh, it's all people. It's, maybe I have that wrong. Spanish I don't, that's totally wrong. I don't, You're I, trying I don't, to make a race controversy on our show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I was just, I was gonna bounce that off of you because I'm like, is, is this something that like, it, it's just white people that are obsessed about this stuff, or uh, is it, is it like everybody's know, pissed off about it? It's, it's a little of everybody. So we have, yeah. we have bitches and of all different colors, all different races, all different yes. races that feel like they, they have issues with feminist stuff, and it's like. One of the things that like I, I liked about the Star Wars Clone Wars is like the the story of Ahsoka. I mean, obviously you got Obi Wan and Anakin, 
you know, of course you want to watch the, you know, the Clone Wars cartoon for Obi-Wan and Anakin, right? That's right. kind of the main reason you watch it because you want to see like, you know, how did Obi-Wan become this badass general? How did Anakin become this badass general and leading Jedi and, you know, trying to win the war? But one of the characters they introduced was Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's one of my favorite characters because she gets to a point in that series where she's like, no, I can't be part of the Jedi anymore because your dogma and your traditions don't make sense sometimes. They can all eat a dick. They can all eat a She basically told them to eat a dick, you know? Yes, in but this way. is not about Star Wars. Right. <laughs> but using that as an example, though, it's like I think when you have strong female characters like Alita is... People are, like, threatened by that, and some people will not watch a movie like this simply because it's a woman as the lead, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, Divergent had a, a female character that was the lead, and Hunger Games had a female character that was the lead in Jennifer Lawrence. And it's like, some people are just, like, threatened by this, and they think that there's some kind of a hidden agenda that they're trying to push this feminist stuff. And it's like, no, sometimes women are just badasses in movies, you know? It, right. Why is it that we have to make everything into an agenda and then Hollywood's constantly pushing politics down our throat? They're not. They're just trying to make movies that appeal to a, like, a bunch of different types of people. I don't get why people watch something like this and think like, oh, this is feminist agenda shit. It's not. <laughs> people need to ease up with that shit, man. It's like this generation just sucks because everybody wants to make a, a, a political agenda out of everything. It's yes. terrible. Just and fucking watch the movie and enjoy it. You got Christoph Waltz in this movie. You got fucking Jackie Earl Haley in this movie. You got Jennifer Connelly in this movie. You know, Mahershala Ali. Like, you know, you got, like, really good actors in this movie. And people are complaining about stupid shit. Like, feminist agenda stuff. Yeah. And, like, uh, come on, people. Just fucking sit back and enjoy a movie for once. Jesus. This movie's good. It's good stuff. I don't know what to make of this movie because, like, you recommended it. AJ's already watched it and said it was good. And you were like, let's do Alita. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to sit down and watch this. And I watched it and I'm like, this is a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, so, um... Just quit being bitches about stuff all the time. You guys, if you want to discuss it, you can always email us at, um... BeyondTheHate at Yahoo.com and we can talk about it further. Right. Um, if you like what we're doing, you can donate to the channel. You can donate to the channel, listen, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts, like Pocket Casts, everything, you know? Everything. <laughs> but this has been Beyond the Hate. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. too long But with all that we've been through After all this time I'm coming on to you Never let it show The pain I've grown to know Cause with all these things we do no matter when I'm coming on I reach towards the sky I've said my goodbyes My heart
Made it.